This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. This is Jeff Gobb here at PWG from Tremendous, I don't even know the name of the show, but you're listening to Busted Wide Open. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. But if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 111. I'm Nick Howell. And feeling flush with power from my new position as an authority figure in the WWE, I am Sir Ian Dangerous, <laughs> and welcome to the show. What a bizarre week we had this week, Mr. Howell, uh, in it, WWE it, it, programming. It's not what I was expecting, that's for sure. <laughs> no, I, well, I don't know if we knew what to expect. I don't know if, if there was anything that's fair. that we could have expected, uh, because it was what we got was so bizarre. It was so bizarre. Um, lots to talk about with that this week. Thankfully, I think the rest of the pro the, it, this is this is the time of year where everyone is kind of settling down, getting ready for the holidays. So a lot of promotions have finished their stuff up. Um, you know, they've they've done their last pay per views, and every, like all the TV is kind of quiet. And the same with WWE, where aside from what we the stuff with the really big stuff we got to talk about here. It was kind of a mellow time. We we're, were finishing everything up for the holidays. So Yeah, I don't know about you. I, I'm, I'm amped. I'm ready. Royal Rumble's next, and we're off and running, man. Yeah, well, the next three, four months are just, yes. Yeah, well, so once, I'm, once I'm it gets pumped, back I'm going. Ready. But th- yeah, we'll, we'll talk about all of that. Uh, we've got to talk about Ring of Honor's final battle pay-per-view, which happened last week. Uh, so huge stuff happened over on NXT. We'll get to all of that. But before we do that, let's do a little housekeeping. Yes. As always, head over to the Facebook discussion group on Facebook. Just search for Busted Wide Open. Send us a join request, and we will get you in for some uh, memes and fun stuff. And we have weekly discussion threads where everybody chimes in on what they think of the show live. We're doing the new group chats now next one will be for wrestle kingdom here in a couple of weeks uh over oh, in new yes. japan oh yes we're really prepared. gonna be up at 6 a.m or 3 a.m respectively to uh to watch arguably one of the biggest pay-per-views of the year every year so definitely be ready for that more on that in the facebook discussion group also you can follow us on twitter at bwo podcast Subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash C slash busted wide open. And if you love this show and want to support us, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of our awesome reward tiers, anywhere from $5 to, hell, you can go up to Ric Flair status. Nature boy, if you want to. But it's your way to interact with Sir Ian Dangerous and myself on a more more intimate level, I would say. Ooh. Oh, intimate. Oh, my. 
Yeah, no, actually, the great thing about the Patreon is that uh, for not a whole lot of money, you can actually ask your listener questions on air with us. You can uh, throw them our way, and we will we'll answer them during the show, uh, which we're always very grateful for. And thank you to everyone who submitted this week. We got some good questions yes. coming up later on in the show. But before we get to that, we really have to discuss the the number one topic of the week across all media platforms about professional wrestling it was a huge topic and something we need to dive deep into nick but to do that we have to go talk about the big news Born. no chance sucker oh man i have to say every <laughs> single time vince mcmahon comes out and that that little interlude tune pops out i get jazzed i get pumped up i don't care if he's a dick i don't care if he's a heel i get excited i get wound up my i stand up in my seat and oh what's what's uncle vince gonna do this week oh god because i remember growing up in the 90s yeah watching the attitude area where he was just involved every single week in the stone cold battles and the battles with the rock and all that i pine for that sometimes and yep. then there's times I remember just how shit it was. So, so anytime we hear Vince McMahon now, it's it's a special occasion. It's not as expected sure. as it used to be. So anytime we hear that he's coming out, uh oh, some, oh some, the man, some the stuff's coming. Daddy's down. coming. Daddy's yeah. coming. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is a rare thing, and I don't think we've seen anything. I don't. I think we may have seen him once since Kevin Owens headbutted him. Um, uh, what a year and a half ago. It would take me but, that long to recover too if Kevin Owens headbutted me. Yeah, well, good point. But uh, Vince was promised to come out this Monday on Raw and quote shake things up. And uh, well, I'm shook up. That's for sure. I don't know if the products shook up or not, but uh, I'm certainly shook because uh, for the first time that I can remember in the history of WWE, there was an acknowledgement that they weren't doing the kind of product and the kind of show that they were really happy about. And they, that, that they acknowledged the fact that their fans weren't happy. And uh, Vince came out, he brought out Stephanie, Triple H, and Shane to join him out there. And you had all four of them, uh, all three McMahons and then one, Mc, one Helmsley, uh, standing in the ring and essentially saying to us, hey, we screwed up. We're going to try and fix things and do them better. Now, it was not just that they said that. It was how they said it, what they said. They said that uh, they needed to change with the times. Uh, they needed a fresh start. Stephanie said that they were going to empower the audience uh, it to affect what happened within WWE, whatever that means. And then Triple H said that the audience now was the authority. Whatever that means, it always it always pretty vague. Uh, but the the bottom line was what we were what we were seeing was that McMahon the McMahons were now going to take a more direct control of the product. Now whether that means in kayfabe or oh, obviously means in kayfabe, but we're going to have them on on the McMahons on TV all the time now. Basically, is what it means that they're eliminating the commissioner GM stuff, uh, and it's going to be them from what we were seeing. But it it also I didn't hear that said directly. Is that your interpretation of what they're going to be doing? That's what they were doing for the rest of this show and the next show was uh, and SmackDown for Raw and SmackDown. Both of them, the McMahons, were acting as authority figures, uh, determining matches, coming out, and making changes. They relieved both GMs of their duties, quote unquote, uh, both Corbin and Page. Uh, so it was, yeah, it it was. There was a lot to digest here. There was. What's funny was there was not a lot, as you said. There was even some stuff that that 
you know, I could run speculation on, we can run speculation on, because there was so little actually said, yeah. despite like what they were saying being so fundamentally important, like it, such a such a big deal that they were saying something like what they were saying. So I, I remember running through my, I, I can replay it in my head almost like it was yesterday. It basically was. But <laughs> I remember him coming out. And I'm being excited. I'm like, "Yeah, we're gonna cherish things up. Oh, maybe we'll get a real tag division now." All the, all this stuff was running through my head, and he starts going, and they all start doing all their speeches, and I'm going, "Okay, okay, yeah, yeah okay, yeah." And then nothing ever actually materialized. And? Yeah, but and, and? well, what, what 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 was the intended message? What were they trying? Where's to tell the us substance? Here? Where where's well, the execution? That's what I that's what I was hoping for. But we got a lot of here's our vision. Yeah. Okay. It was a lot. It sounded to me like a lot of corporate speak. The, as soon as Stephanie <laughs> I work came out in with the corporate, I promise you that we yeah. call that an executive vision pitch. <laughs> it, it actually, it sounded a little bit like a corporate mea culpa where, uh, I understand that, uh, due to processes beyond our control, there were actions taken that, uh, were, were undesirable to the overall effort by the team. Uh, we're going to be uh, altering some things moving forward. It sounded like, it sounded like corporate speak to me. And this, and this without- is normally the speech that you hear in a CEO's resignation. And <laughs> if you'll forgive me if I started when it, when he brought out Stephanie and he brought out Shane and then he brought out Triple H or mm. sorry, he brought out Triple H and then Shane. Then Shane. And then he started speaking, I went Oh, it's happening. Triple H. Nope. No. Well, but again, I don't know what actually happened here. We don't, or if anything did happen, I mean, the message obviously was, you know, we, we, <laughs> the message was, we just had our worst ratings of all time and we got to, we got to fix some stuff here. Uh, and we, we hear you if, if you will, like, which is strange because if people aren't watching them, how would they see that they need to watch? I don't know. They're hoping on groundswell, uh, word of mouth. I don't know, but the, here's the other, here's the other question then. What do they mean by the audience is the authority? Does that mean, does that, is that an implication that they're going to listen more to fan reactions? They're going to directly involve the audience with like Facebook polls or something? I mean, like, what is that? What does that mean? Or is, is that Vince just literally going to walk out to the rail and go, what match would you like to see tonight? <laughs> yeah, just, and, you know, right, just, exactly. And how and how like uncontrolled would that be? Because Lord knows WWE loves to let things not be under their own very very strict tight control. I want to see Mankind versus Al Snow, <laughs> like it's nineteen ninety seven again. Who's, I was about to say, who's that kid? I want to give him a high five. Right, uh, but yeah, no. So, but is that was that a good idea or a bad idea to say you guys have the power now? It's your show. Like it's is that a, uh, is that what you was any of this what they should have been saying? Should they have been coming out here and saying what they said? Uh, a without really having a concrete plan that they were willing to give us, or or B even to the point of should they have even acknowledged it and admitted it, or should they have just changed the product? Like was this was this their way of trying to jumpstart the product again? Uh, by by making a deal out of it instead of being like, okay, 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 we're going to fix it and make it better and maybe they'll notice. You well, let's I mean? talk real numbers. I, I think okay. I, we talked about it earlier this week was, I mean, what was the result satisfactory? Did this get the ratings back up? 
it, it was up 400,000 people from last week. So instead of, of 2.1 million, 2.0, it was somewhere around 2.5. So here's, uh, here's the other so, thing that I, I speculated was going to happen before any of them really opened their mouths. And it's funny you were just going down that line that you were because I don't think anything really changed or really happened, but I think they could have come out and... Vince could have been old, mean Vince and said, you guys, you know, you guys don't appreciate any of this. Look what I've built. And blah, 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 blah. Shane coming out last. There could have been some ter- internal turmoil amongst the McMahons better than what they did with Stephanie and Shane last year at the shakeup and the split. But I could have seen Shane challenging Vince for control in that sense that Shane being the friend of the WWE universe and Vince being the old codger that doesn't want to give it up. I, that would have played so much better, and we could have had some of that inner turmoil. And you pick sides and all that kind of stuff. That could have been fun. Well, but here's I, the I thing: just, you're, I, you're I now, take no you're substance now away diving from back what into storyline. I take no substance away from from what they the speech that they delivered. It was a lot of pandering. If well, I'm being and, completely honest, and I think that if they had tried to go into storyline like what you're just suggesting that they would do, it it would have come across as being storyline and pandering because the storyline that they did throw into this with the whole Baron Corbin thing felt a, a little bit un, uh, insincere, uh, and you know as a result, what they said seemed insincere because they didn't really back it up with action. It they backed it up with a storyline. And had they come out and, and had you know Shane fight for control against Vince McMahon in the middle of this kind of, of verbiage, I would have been like, what are, you, what are you guys doing? What are you doing? Like, Obviously, there's a lot so of... So the here. answer is to completely rehash what Braun Strowman did the previous night at TLC. Okay, well, we'll get and into having that. that was, no, that's what I'm saying. That was the wrong, that was the wrong answer, too. That was, yeah. but like, you're, what you're suggesting is to like do that in spades like to do that even more so oh yeah uh, I, I'm if you're saying, gonna go go all out you know swing for the fences uh, i don't think that was the, i don't think that would be the right answer the thing is that they're coming out here and saying something that we've kind of wanted to hear for years now which is which is we're right because what was the whole issue with cm punk what was the whole, whole issue with daniel bryan with roman reigns it was they're not listening to us they're not listening to the fans Wah. whether you know whether whether that's a legitimate concern or gripe or not, the fact of the matter is it's been a constant topic on this show, especially when it comes to Roman Reigns, because for four freaking years now, the old man has been pushing Roman Reigns on us when we've been roundly rejecting him, not because of anything to do with his talent or anything to do with his personality, but just because of how he's being sold and why he's being sold and who they're not selling uh, instead of him. So after four years of it, of, of, of that, to have them come out now and do it, it 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 all it does read a little bit as desperation, and it also is a little bit I don't know I I have to admit I wanted I I on the one hand I really want to be hopeful about this I really want to be excited for this and be like yes let's see some new stuff let's see some changes and we can talk about whether we think that they're going to change and how they will change in a second but. After after all of this time of them not listen not doing this, and now that now they come out now that they've been you know they're they've had the most profitable year in the history of the company, but the worst year on every other metric. Ratings are down, merch sales are down, subscriptions are falling on the network. Like this is it's it's been a bad 2018 for WWE on every metric, but their money. And the thing is, is that. 
their money's going to follow if everything else continues to go the way that it is. So they're now stuck in a corner and now they're being forced to come out and go, we're going to listen to you guys. Well, it's like, yeah, would you have said that if Roman hadn't gotten leukemia? Would you have said that if if some of your main guys weren't injured? Would you have said that if you hadn't booked yourself into a corner by not creating other superstars and being single-mindedly focused on one guy for the last four years? No, you wouldn't be. So you're up against a wall, and now you, they didn't even apologize, by the way. There, there was no, we're sorry. There was just, all right, so you guys don't like this? Cool, well, we'll, we'll fix some stuff. You know, that was it. And it's kind well, of like, well... Let, th- me be, let me be the first to offer my, you know, we'll call it a top three. <laughs> Since they listen, right? And, and we're now in authority. I, I want the <laughs> universal title off of Brock. I don't right. want any more Brock Lesnar. Okay, so you, I, I you, want Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey at main eventing WrestleMania. You're talking no about Charlotte. things you, like things that you want to see change, like things that you want them yeah. to do. Yeah. No, I, I don't want to see change. I want to see execution and follow through on the little carrot that you're dangling in front of my face. Right. And then you're going to go, no, you don't get to have it. I, I want the carrot. See, I'll step. I'll step up beyond that and say it, it like beyond just single decisions as far as booking. There's got to be a fundamental change in the culture of how they create the television that they're producing on the main roster. If you Beautiful. look at yes. if you look at the way that they're writing stories and they're creating stories on the main roster, it's fundamentally flawed in terms of storytelling and the ability to get across something to the audience that they can latch onto, especially now that kayfabe is officially dead. And we know this is all this this is all our stories, right? So look at uh, let's look at a, the greatest example of the juxtaposition between storytelling that works and storytelling storytelling that doesn't, and that's the main roster and NXT. Because in NXT, the stories work, and they're they are working in NXT right now because we have the characters evolve, they change. There's a process that they go through. There's a journey that they go on. They're going somewhere, and we go on that journey with them. We want to be invested in those characters because they're doing something. They're progressing. They're not staying the same generic character for the long period of time and if they if they do even if they do keep aspects of themselves that that stay the same there's enough that's that's changing and moving that we are engaged in that character's process and that's sure. completely not what's happening on the main roster if you look at who Braun Strowman was 3 years ago it's very it, not much different than what he is now, aside from you know his ability to present his character more professionally, more cleanly. Right? He's just he's just gotten better as a performer. But the character itself has undergone no evolution. The Roman Reigns character sure. underwent no evolution. I think Seth Rollins is probably the character that went the, the through the most journey at the top of the card. He's you could make the argument for Dolph Ziggler too over the last couple of years, you know? Uh, not as eh, a little bit. I would say even more drastically than than well, Rollins but he, did. with a heel turn. But he didn't have the same kind of redemptive arc that Seth did, where, where he had to go look not for redemption yet, from but Dean. It's coming. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> I'm, ta- I'm talking definitively here, man. Sure, uh, you know, I know what you mean. You know what I mean? Like, but the, I'm just being a dick. Don't they, mind me. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> heel turn howl, Jesus. Right. Um. But no. In, in all seriousness, like. That's what they need to be looking at is their fundamental process for creating their storylines and their characters because that's why people are starting to fall off. They, they, they're stock, they aren't caring about the TV because we're not getting characters on the TV that we care about and can care about for the long term. It's all flash in the moment and not long term interesting stuff. And, you know, the, having all the McMahons back on TV 
Like, if that's their answer is, well, you know what we're missing is a bunch of McMahons running the place on TV. That's not the answer. That is, abs- oh. that is absolutely not the answer. So if that's their response, then they are in trouble. Um, also, something that I don't think is the right decision to make is to suddenly infuse the place with a bunch of new faces. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's, putting, that's putting a hood ornament on a car with a bad engine. And they announced that they had a bunch of call-ups from NXT. They, had, uh, they announced that they were calling up Lars Sullivan, which we knew, Nikki Cross, which we, we suspected because she'd already uh, appeared on WWE main roster TV uh, at, at a one-off in the UK. But they Evans finally saw Lacey Evans. He fi- someone apparently finally showed him uh, some footage of Lacey Evans, and he called her <laughs> up, which we've been saying for a long time. As soon as Vince gets, gets eyes on her, we actually said that about Lars and Lacey both. We're like, as soon as Vince sees them. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> And then uh, Heavy Machinery, which I thought was a bit, bit of a surprise for me that they called up Heavy, heavy Machinery because they were in the middle of an angle right now down in NXT. But they are, I mean, they are pretty... Yeah, it's been taped four weeks ahead, though. Yeah, and Tucker was at the greatest Royal Rumble, I believe, he came out. So yeah. they, they, he's been, yeah, yeah, they've been on the radar for a while. Uh, but the tag division NXT is stacked, so they had some room to, to let a couple of go. I'm, I'm actually surprised a couple of the other ones didn't go. But then finally, EC3 was announced to be called up as well, which we've all said, like, he's not really an NXT kind of guy. He's more of a main roster kind of guy. Like, he just, that's just how he's built. Whether he's going to end up being successful or being a Bobby Roode, we have yet to see. I think it depends on... Get out of my head. I was sitting here going, Bobby Roode (laughs) 2.0. Right? Well, it's it's a very similar thing, except that he's actually now a face in NXT, uh, whereas he he came in as a Bobby Roode-style, you know, dressing up nice... Dick heel in a suit. Dick heel in a suit. Yeah, there you go. So whether or not they give him that or not, uh, I'll tell you what, though. If they bring EC3 up as a dick heel in a suit, Bobby Roode's sitting over there in a tag team with Chad Gable, I'm going to feel so bad for the guy. He's like, I don't know. They're the champs. He's got I don't my, feel too bad for him right now. He's got my gimmick. Oh, yeah. They're the champs right now. We'll see how long that lasts. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that when we talk about some of the quote-unquote changes that happened on Raw. So, But this is the thing. You get a whole bunch of pretty new toys on on the show that doesn't make it a better show it may it's once again feeding into the short term flash in the pan like ooh, it's is it hey look at this Ooh, isn't that cool Ooh, a sparkly you know it's not actually fundamentally helping the product and and that's what's dragging the whole thing down i agree with you to an extent but specific points i want to save till we actually talk about the show agreed um so i mean i What's your final say on this? Are you skeptically optimistic about you know where this is going to go? Are there are there, are some of these things new and fresh and new era? I'll do air quotes uh, that that Triple H said we're entering a whole new era. I, I, I just don't. After watching this week's shows, I don't feel it. So here's the thing. You know, a lot of people felt that way. They they watched this week's this week's shows, and of course, they also taped next week's shows after them so that everyone could go home for Christmas, which was very cool. Um, a lot of people, Sorry, Sacramento. <laughs> uh, well, a lot of people were kvetching about how dare they tape shows. I'm like, these people have families, you animals. They want to go see them for the holidays. God. Uh, but yeah, so they did tape next week's shows. So those are out there. So be careful of spoilers on the internet. But, um, you know, the, we do know now that from this week and next week, they didn't really do anything terribly fundamental as far as the changes. We don't, nothing has really a, a appeared yet. And frankly, I, I am very skeptical. I've watched WWE for a long time. So I've been infused with a healthy dose of skepticism when it comes to certain things about that company. But at the same time, 
I've also watched WWE for a long time because I freaking love wrestling. I love sports entertainment and I keep coming back for a reason. So there is the optimistic side of me that goes, you know what? Maybe we could see some, some good changes out of this. Maybe this is a way for Vince to, to you know, step aside and go work on the XFL stuff. Maybe there's stuff that, that they're going to try and implement to make uh, NBC happy here. Maybe this is, they're going to be testing out new things and trying new stuff and seeing if it works and getting experimental. And, and maybe this is another thing where they don't have a direct competition like WCW, but they realize that their backs are starting to get up against the wall again. And Vince does not like to lose. Yeah. So I don't anticipate this really starting to take, I, I like wait till January. Let's see what they start doing in the shows in January. The lead up to the Royal rumble. There's no time that's better to start telling a longer term story than around the road to WrestleMania. The reason we're always excited about it is because this is where the stories start that they pay off at WrestleMania. We got three months of WWE actually making long term stories. So, uh, and consistently. So I think that's the time to really see what they what they're thinking. What if if they had something that they were talking about and referencing in this in this like if they were all just like, hey, we got to say something to the fans about this. Let's just go say something. We'll figure it out after the holidays. You know what I mean? That's kind of what I think they did. Yeah, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I, I again, um, I have. There's plenty more to say, and I have. I have specifically placed those comments and bullet points where they belong with their respective matches and all that stuff. So, but hey, we got enough about those McMahon, pesky McMahons. We would have gotten away with this if it wasn't for them pesky McMahons. Let's head over and talk about what went. What else went down on Monday Night Raw? So also on Monday Night Raw, the McMahons. Oh, wait, we're done talking about the pesky McMahons. I forgot. Sorry. Uh, yeah. No, sorry. We actually do need to talk about that McMahon segment again, because as we mentioned, Baron Corbin did come out at the end of it and say, I want my job back, to which all the McMahons uh, huddled up and said, no, you're not getting your job back. Uh, Corbin was booed like a son of a bitch here. Boy, he got booed. Well, they, they were they were feet, they were poking oh, the bear too. Absolutely, Plenty. Shane was up on the turnbuckle trying to get the audience like booing him, and they, they kept turning the audience, being like, "Wow, it sounds like they're booing Corbin in here." Yeah, it, <laughs> boo this man. Uh, but yeah, it ended up being that. Uh, long story short, we're not going to get all the way. I spent too much time on this, but basically they booked Corbin into. They said, "Okay, you can have your job back if you can beat this guy." Out comes Kurt Angle. And they start having a match, and then uh, they pop their head. You know, the, the McMahon's pop their heads back out and go, "Oh, we sh- we totally forgot. This is a handicap match." And out came Apollo Cruz and 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 uh, Bobby Roode and and Chad Gable, and they all ran out down there. And then it was uh, Baron Corbin against uh, Kurt Angle, and he could, he could tag out to any of the other guys. Well, they were all started beating him down, uh, and they said uh, they came back out and they go, "Oh no, now it is." A no DQ match. And so everyone started beating up on Corbin with chairs, including the referee, who was Heath Slater. Everyone just beat up on Corbin. The audience said, we want tables. So they put him through a table. It was just a retread of what we saw on Sunday of Corbin being beaten down like a government mule and uh, basically kicked out, kicked out of there, sent, sent packing as a surrogate for all of the bad booking and bad decisions that had happened over the last few years. Yeah, so bullet point number one, as I mentioned before, here's the first one. As soon as Kurt Angle's music hit, they said, if you can beat this man, I, I rolled my eyes and went, oh, FFS. Yes. You know, whatever, you know what that stands for. Uh, was, um, that, was that a naughty word, Nick? 
It was uh, naughty. Yeah. Uh, because the, I just went, oh, okay, so so much for new era, new changes, all exactly. this stuff. I I thought this would have been a perfect time to unveil an Alistair Black. Yep. Make Lars come out. Right. You know, I know they've been teasing him for SmackDown Live, but maybe for an exhibition just to come out. If you can beat this man, they made it, they built it to be something that got, oh, yeah. who's this going to? But in, instead, uh, what it, instead what it it's was. It's just Kurt. Yeah, I agree. That would have been a lot of fun to have something new and fresh there that, to really drive home their point. This is going to be some, even if it's, a, you know, a, like I said, a new shiny toy, it would have at least driven home their, their point that we're going to shake things up instead of literally doing a match they had the night before. And frankly, in addition, what they were trying to do with this, as you said, was pander to the audience big time. Uh, by throwing all the heat on Corbin and then having Corbin get beat up was their way of kind of exorcising those feelings of people being like, ah, the booking is so terrible. The problem is, is Corbin didn't actually book all those things. They did. And and their 25-odd writers that they have, they're the ones that did all these things, not Corbin. And really in kayfabe, if you really want to dive into the storyline, Stephanie left Corbin in charge and then went bye-bye and left, left him alone. So it kind of, yeah. the buck stops with her. But here's the... Here's the and, that, but, but, and, and then she like kind of dismissed Kurt saying he was doing a bad job uh, and then all of a exactly. sudden she's supporting him. But the point, the point is, is that the, this, was, this, was, this was wrong-headed on many levels to have this, this whole match and this whole thing go down because it sent the wrong message. As you said, it sent the wrong message to us. It's, it told us... You know, brand new facade, but same old shit, basically. And, you know, and I don't, as I said, when when Seth came out a couple of weeks ago and had his speech about how things were going sideways, uh, I was like, you know, you're you blurring the storyline and trying to make this Baron Corbin's fault. It seems disingenuous because you're coming out here and saying, well, we aren't doing a good job. But by the way, it's Corbin's fault. What? That doesn't, it's... I don't know. It's too convoluted, and it doesn't read, and it's a, it's a short-term Band-Aid on this. Does, does Corbin recover from this at all? And let me, let me make my point to, before you answer. I wasn't that high. I liked his move set. I liked his in, the end-of-day's finisher. I didn't really like his crazy hair, venom hair look that he had. I liked the intro and the theme and all that stuff, but I, I was never that big on Baron Corbin in the first place. Until he became Constable Baron Corbin as the acting general manager, that that whole thing for the last six plus months, I have thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah. And they just ritually executed. And, and frankly, and, 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 and does he recover from this? And if so, is it somehow as general manager again, or are we going to have to figure out how to get Baron back into a normal wrestling story? Well, that is something that's sad is that I feel like the Constable Corbin character now kind of has to be dead because they've made him the 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 whipping boy for everything that all the sins of WWE over the last few months. Uh, and had everyone get out their yayas on that character. So I, I wonder, and it is too bad because I agree, Constable Corbin was a very entertaining character, and I liked what they were doing with him creatively and what he was bringing to the table with it. And obviously, it was effective because look at this audience and how whipped up they got at Corbin. Like he was a really effective heel and not the kind of modern heel where people go, oh, he's a cool heel. No, he was an effective heel that got heat even from people that should know better. You know what I mean? He was working people, and that and that's 
completely kudos to him for playing a good character. Uh, but they're gonna have, I mean, he's gonna have to be off TV for a while, but he's not. But uh, I, I don't know what they're gonna do with his character next if he's just gonna be out of power and, and, and a whipping boy for a while or what. But I feel like they're, they're definitely going to reward him for, you know, being a good boy and playing along with all of this. I would like to think that they would. Uh, but they may just find that their hands are tied after how much heat they put on his character. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to give kudos to Corbin for taking all of this in stride like a champ. Playing it really well, too. I mean, and, and just playing it up and taking the licks and all of that, and just being a, a company man, so to speak, you know? And just taking one for the team in that respect. I, I agree with you. I really hope they do find a good fit for him somewhere because I, I don't know if you can come back from this very easily. It's It's going to take something special. Uh, for him to to really, you know, well, not find himself at the bottom of the mid card again, you know. Yeah, well, and maybe that's where he he lands, but you know, that's not so bad. Given you know, he he was on TV a lot lately, but at the same time, you know, I, I don't. Th- I think this is something that will be it can be fixed in a real relatively short period of time. Uh, people will forget this and move on. This isn't something that's going to stick with him for the rest of his career or anything. Uh, short-term memory in the ex- universe. Exactly, right? short-term memory. Something that uh, I wish I had short-term memory on was this Seth and Dean feud because this is continuing to not work for me. And we had more of it this week with Dean coming out to the ring and trying to call out Seth with uh, with his new Intercontinental title wrapped over his uh, his bomber jacket shoulder. Uh, tried to call Seth out. No, no, no deal. No Seth. Uh, all of his SWAT guys were outside the ring and guarding the ring. Maybe that was why. But... Um, but then he said, okay, fine. Well, I'm going to do something that Seth used to do. I'm going to give an open challenge for this Intercontinental title to anyone but Seth Rollins. And who should come out to answer it? But Prince Pretty, Tyler Breeze, should come out. What? Was this? Now, do you think, okay, before we get in further on, on this whole segment, was having Tyler come out, was that their way of saying, look, something new, it's Tyler? Or was this just, was was it a failed attempt at that? Was it just like, throwing someone we haven't seen in a while on TV on there to fill the gap in a sense. Had it been someone that I realistically thought at any given time could take that title <laughs> off of Dean. <laughs> yep. Good point. It might as well have been a local jobber coming out there, good honestly, uh, because you know, it, unless it's somebody that is a real threat to Dean and to that intercontinental championship or, you know, with, with a Seth interference where that causes him to lose it. Sure. Yeah. Prince Pretty? Nope. No. Not, not that guy. Not the way that they've they have built that character over the last few years and not the way that they've built the Dean character and and not in this format with Dean having just won the title. No. There was I think one point where I I kind of raised an eyebrow and said, "Oh, dang. I they tell Tyler might win this." That was just a well-built match. Uh, and 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 the skills of both of these guys. But no, there was no like as soon as Tyler came out I'm like, "Oh, all right." You know, but fine, good try. I, I was uh, to answer your question more directly. I was over this the minute we got the video package of him being in the doctor getting shots. Right. Well, and and as we've I, after that promo, I was like, oh, well, we've hell. we've kept on this, hoping this is DOA. We, yeah, we've kept on hoping that it would it would pick back up or the they would pull the nose up on this plane. But the only thing that was halfway decent about this was after the match with Tyler Breeze, Dean's celebrating. And one of the SWAT guys pulls off his mask and it's Seth Rollins and he attacks him and beats up all the other SWAT guys and chases Dean off. 
Uh, it was a nice little moment that reminds us that Seth is actually a pretty cunning guy as well. At least that's his character. That's what it's supposed to be. But at the same time, it didn't really advance anything or move anything along. It just, hey, all right, he got up one up on Dean this week. Um, but there, he did. The shitty part is they got to ride this out. They got to finish this but, feud. It, it's it's got to get to a final something, and we're going to see it for another uh, month. At, at least they're going to be right back at Royal at Rumble. At least, at least, but they need you know they're they're throwing too much. At, we've said it. They're throwing too much at Dean. They're having him do too much. They're putting too much on his character, and they're not giving Seth enough. Uh, th- th- I thought that uh, something that was good was that Seth had a promo later. Uh, in the back where he was asked about how he's feeling after losing the title and, and with everything with Dean. And he said that he heard the crowd on Sunday where they were chanting, this is boring uh, at, at their match. And uh, he's like, I've got to do better. And so it was a bit of a, a bit of a tweak of the fourth wall saying that uh, he knows he's got to do better. and He's got to be better, which is really ironic because if there's one guy who's been overperforming for the last six months, it's been Seth Rollins. And there's a reason why he's one of the most over guys in the company, but they're just not getting behind him on the level that they need to in order to make him the man. But um, yeah. but then Corbin came up and said, oh, you're the one who did all this. You know, you came out and said that speech a couple of weeks ago. You're the reason for this. You're the reason for that. And Seth just cold cocked him, just knocked him out on his butt. And uh, now they have a match scheduled for next week. So Seth and, Seth and Corbin. So you wondered what was going to happen with Corbin. Well, there you go. He's going to be having a match with Seth, Seth next week. And as far as Seth and Dean, who knows if Dean's going to interfere in that match? If so, frankly, what do you do? But really, if he does, or if he's sitting commentary, you know what I mean? Like that, it just, it doesn't feel, doesn't, doesn't feel that fresh to me yet. You know, so yeah. another thing that didn't really feel brand new, we're still doing that feud um, with Seth and Dean, and they're not really doing anything with it that's fresh and new. They haven't changed it at all. Um, we all now the one thing on Raw that I did think was a bit of a change up, and I liked it. Was Ronda Rousey came out to the ring, and she said, "You know, a, ch- a champion should be the peak of human ability, and on their worst day, they should be better than everybody else." And in that, it, it, with keeping that in mind, I just defended my title last night, and I want to start a new tradition of the champion defends their title the night after a pay per view, which is interesting. Interesting. Interest? Why? why? Yeah, and I don't think I don't think it makes a difference either way. It's, it could be a positive. It could, but it's a weird rule to kind of hang your hat on. I think uh, it would be nice to see you know champions defending more often on TV. I'll I'll say that. But she said, okay, well, so it's not after a pay per view. Uh, open challenge. Anyone in the back wants a shot at me? Come on out and get it. And this was interesting because then they cut to Gorilla. They cut to right behind the curtain, and every lady in the women's division was screaming at the producer, saying, "I want to go out there, play my music." Uh, which is something you never see. You've never seen that. And then Stephanie comes over and uh, come yeah, with like me. A, like a, <laughs> I love like a this. kindergarten teacher with a bunch of unruly school kids go, all right, all you ladies come with me. And they all walked out to the top of the ramp. All the ladies lined up and Steph said, look, Rhonda, I can't play favorites anymore. We're going to have to determine this the old fashioned way with a match. So they had a gauntlet match and the, and they had, Every woman come out and fight in this gauntlet match. That was, I thought, uh, one, it was a nice, it was a smart way to kill a lot of time on a long show. Yeah. And then also, it was interesting to see these these matchups and the dynamics and how it was written. Overall, I thought they did a good job of booking this long match. I did too. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this, and I loved this idea and this concept of 
you know, all of a sudden they're adopting SmackDown rules of land of opportunity and everybody gets a shot and, hey, can you survive this? And then, you know, as we progress through this, <laughs> we're going to get to bullet point number two that I was referencing earlier. Um, the more things change, the more they stay the same yes. kind of MO. So Bailey comes out. Or she faces off against Alicia Fox. Yep. You had okay, Bailey. Bailey she's going to beat Alicia Fox. Alicia Fox, but she tweaked her knee doing it. And then she also knocked off Dana Brooke and finally uh, succumbed to Mickey James. But Bailey did look strong in this match, which was cool. How, how good did Dana Brooke look? Dana Brooke looked great for the brief time she was in there. Yeah. Um, and Mickey James ended up looking pretty strong uh, against both Bailey and. Uh, Ember Moon, who came out next and ended up eliminating Mickey James, but definitely took some punishment. And then uh, Natalia came out and eliminated Ember Moon on a roll up, which I was really surprised by. I was surprised that they had Ember go out that quickly and to that kind of a move. Uh, and also the fact that Natalia lasted not only through Ember Moon, but then she beat Ruby Riot, which was a match we just saw. And she ended up, the final person was Sasha Banks which I thought was the writing on the wall. I'm like, well, Sasha's winning this one. Nope, Natalia beat Sasha. Tapped her out in the sharpshooter. Made, made Natalia look very strong. Bullet point number two. <laughs> Go ahead, sir. <laughs> I said, I'm, setting, I'm setting them up. Here's the pitch. Yeah. Na- Natalia, the big old fat softball, and I'm going to hit Na- it out of the park. Natalia wins the, uh, the, the gauntlet match, and we'll be facing Ronda Rousey next week. And the pitch. Oh, Bailey. Oh, Sasha Banks. Ruby Riot, Ember Moon, two of your hottest up-and-comers. Nope. You're going to give it the, the title shot to Natalia, who none of us really thought was going to win, except for Sir Ian Dangerous. None of us really thought Natalia was actually going to win until she brought that Nightheart jacket out uh, on Sunday. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, pff, let's phone that one in. Natalia. This is the one that you're going to have go up against. The, the veteran locker room leader, who has never? I mean, she had a title run for a little bit earlier last year. Yeah, well, yeah, she's had she's had him over her career. Yeah, fine. This is not the person that needs to be the champion, much less have a title shot, and and not mislead us to any belief that she's going to beat Ronda Rousey for the title because that's not the story that's going on right now, guys. Well, and this is the, the, here's the thing, though, Nick, is that I did, did I pick Natalia on Sunday? Yes. Do I was I surprised that Natalia won this? No. I thought they were going to have Sasha win at the end when she came out last because of just how they had booked it. And I was like, there's no way Sasha's going to lose in one match to Natalia, who's just been through two other chicks. But they did that, so I was surprised by their booking. But I thought the, Ruby because of where she came in. I thought they were going to put Ruby in as one of the first ones, but when they waited till like the sixth position to put her in against Natalia, I went. Oh, she might actually win this. Yeah, I actually, I actually thought that Ember Moon might have taken it. Uh, just yeah. as, as, a, as you know, hey, let's have something fresh. Let's let's follow up our words with actions, even if they're subtle, right? Like you said, you know, if you're trying to drive home, hey, we're going to have a brand new WWE. We're going to change things up. Well, no, having Natalia win this is not the way to do that. That's not sending your message across. <laughs> we're going to have Kurt Angle come out and beat down. Corbin, and Corbin, and we're going to have we're gonna, Natalia we're gonna win an eight-woman gauntlet match. Come on, guys. Yeah, but th- at the same time, it does make the most sense in story and for the time of the year. Uh, if they are going to start really changing things up and shaking things up in the new year, then this would be the time to do that. Keep things going. They're entertaining. It's the same thing I was saying about having Nia Jax be, be Ronda's opponent 
back at TLC. This is before they need to do something. They need to have some time to kill before we get on the road to WrestleMania. And that's what Nia was, was a time kill. That's what Natalia is now. She's a time kill. This is a way also to notably absent from the gauntlet match. Who Nia? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, she's recovering from her injuries suffered on Sunday, Nick. Yeah. Oh, now in, yeah. in real, in real, in real life, she's taking, I think a week or two off. Um, but, uh, at any rate, the, the bottom line is, uh, they are. I, I don't think them having Natalia go up against Ronda next week. It's not. It's not the end of the world. It's not a bad idea. It actually makes sense. The only thing that it doesn't. The only metric it doesn't make sense in is the fact that it does not send the message through action that they're trying to send at the top of the show in words. When does a champion come out and meet and greet their contender, their next challenger? Raise the, their hand and hug them and openly all but make out with them in the middle of the ring after the match. When they're when they're buds like Natalia and Rondar, that's the story that's being told here. Is they're buddies and they had a little and they had a little tense moment where they're like they're hugging like oh, I'm so happy for you and they go okay but seriously we're gonna have a match next week so let's mm, let's put on our, our 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 serious faces now. That's all this was. It was storytelling to try and tell us hey all right these are best friends and they're gonna have a match. And, and does and does Natalia turn on Ronda next week? Does Natalia go heel? You know, that's the, to plant that in our heads. So, uh, I, I have I have no problem with this. I I'm the John Travolta meme, looking around to each side, going, "Where's this new era? All fresh, new WWE? I was just promised it two hours ago." Oh, for crying out loud! What, what, <laughs> what, what, what are you? What, that's not Veruca Salt. It's that other chick from uh, Willy Wonka. I want it now. Yes, but Daddy. Daddy, give me a pony. I want it now. I want my WWE pony now. Come on, man. Give him, give him a little bit. But uh, I, that being said, I, I'm not going to completely defend them because they could have done this better. But it's also, it, it, this is not the end of the world if they don't immediately turn this very huge and very cumbersome ship around right off the bat. I'm not going to be too surprised. All things uh, being equal, I absolutely love this concept of doing the gauntlet match for the number yeah. one contendership. You guys know how I feel. I don't like triple threats or four ways or anything like that for titles. I love setting up a proper number one contender. And if it's going to be Natalia, it'll be Natalia. But I loved this concept. And even the, the way that they produced it where they jumped backstage and showed them walking out and then... The way the camera moves were were done and cut was mwah, was excellent. Yeah. I really enjoyed this segment. Yeah, it was again. It was fun. It was one of the better things on Monday Night Raw. We also had a match between Finn Balor and Dolph Ziggler, which ended in a DQ because Drew McIntyre came out and beat the crap out of both of them. So it looks like we're heading into a triple threat kind of feud situation with these three guys. Um, I don't know if this is going to survive over the next couple of weeks, and then we're going to this is going to pan out into something else. Uh, it is being reported at least by Wrestling Observer, that Balor is in for a bit of a push. He'll be staying at the top of the card for a while. Whether that means he's going to beat Ziggler and Ziggler's going to fall down the card or these three are going to be going at it for a while, I don't know. I don't know. What, I, I don't even know what the dynamics are going to be because obviously Finn is just the faciest of faces and Drew is a psychotic heel. And Ziggler's kind of going between the two right now. Ziggler's in the middle right now. We don't know what Ziggler is. This is going to be fine once, you know, I yeah, figuring out where Ziggler's position is is the tricky part here because McIntyre's got about three or four weeks until he's out of this and off in the title picture. Off winning the Royal Rumble. Exactly. <laughs> so I actually had, I love the idea. I, actually, I saw that on Wrestling Observer News this week as well, and I, I, 
I'm interested in what it would look like if you took Finn Balor over to tinker with Dean a little bit and mix it up with Dean and Seth, if that would take a little bit of the pressure off of those two and having to have that feud being a mm. constant. I think you know? that that feud, that feud is so personal. It actually needs to... It, what that feud needs to do is shed some of its excess weight and just become bad, bad, like a much quieter, basic blood feud yeah. and, and, and have less moving components. And I think it, adding Finn to that would just be throwing another wheel on, a, on an already, a car with already one too many wheels. So <laughs> that's, that's fair, you know, that's I, fair. but I, 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 here's the thing. I don't mind this feud. Balor, Ziggler, McIntyre. That's good stuff. These are all great performers. They're fun guys to watch. They work really well together. All of them. So this is, this is fine. It's just, there's, there's nothing really lighting my hair on fire about this right now. But again, that might just be the time of the year. They're not really willing to, to pull the trigger or anything big with these guys right now, because we're waiting for things to, to start rumbling towards the Royal rumble. So yeah, this, this was fine. It was it was there. It was fine. What was not fine was Elias and Lashley. Again, Ugh. again, Lashley comes out, moons the audience, and then Elias hits him with a guitar. This has just been going back and forth for however long. Their match on Sunday did nothing for this feud. This is this was the most egregious thing of, you know, the more you say things are going to change, the more things stay the same. Uh, this this was this was for me the most egregious example of. Hey, maybe you shouldn't have done this on a show where you say you're trying to change things up and shake well, things let's up. Let's play this out throughout the week. So Monday night, after we got done, rec- I remember recording our uh, TLC review and, and recap. Uh, I raced downstairs and turned raw on just to see the McMahon segment and the Baron Corbin beat down by Angle and Friends. Yes, and then I just I had to go do other stuff. But in the middle of the week, you te- you said. Oh man, I really would have wa- wish you would have watched the rest of it. Yes, because there was some pivot. So I went back and I watched the rest of it. And and this this is this wasn't on the Hulu version. This was this is what you sent me back to watch was Lashley uh, and Elias. Uh, no, on, actually, man. actually, no. I did not send you back to watch this. Although I'm glad that you, I am glad that you did watch this because here's the thing. I did want you to suffer through this because it would have it was going to affect your opinion on what the McMahon said. Right. If you just watched the Hulu edition, you were going to see some, yeah. of, some of this, like mostly the gauntlet match, and be like, they there wasn't a lot of changes, but there was some. I could see them going there. No, they did had they had a freaking Elias and Lashley segment, and this is what you needed to see in order to be like, oh man, guys, you didn't really change that much about this show. This wasn't really that much of a shakeup. It was kind of false promises. Um, I also wanted you to see the tag team match and how we got there because Drake Maverick came in and said, Hey, AOP is due their rematch for the titles. And Shane said back to him, you know what? We're doing away with that rule. It's antiquated from now on. Everyone's got to have to earn their title shots no matter what. So you guys don't get that rematch, which sucks to be the AOP, but uh, they had a, they had a four way match, a tag team four way match for the number one contendership. It was AOP, the Lucha house party, the B team, and the poor revival who've been stuck in Lucha House rules for the last few weeks, and they made a particular example out of, Lucha, of the uh, Lucha House Party rules with the revival, saying that was BS. They they called it out. Seth called it out, and uh, it got called out a couple times on this show that they were doing away with that. The revival had a segment backstage about it, uh, and the revival did pick up the win in this match, giving a shatter machine to uh, I forget if it was Axel or Bo, one of the guys from the B team. Yeah, but um, it was Axel, so, I think. 
So this, this, I'm of two minds about this as well. On the one side, okay, we're starting to change up the rules of WWE. I think it's a good idea to do away with the rematch clause because that was a cheap way of having people have some sort of stake and have the same guys just stay in a feud and doing the same matches week after week, right? That was a cheap way of doing that. So that's good. Yeah, more, more matches where things are at stake, like number one contenderships or you know potential opportunities, that kind of things. They've been listening. They've been listening to me, you know. <laughs> That, that, apparently they've mic'd your apartment, uh, yes. but the, and so this was in that sense a step in the right direction. It was also a step in the right direction because revival went over, and obviously we were both happy about that. We've wanted revival to do that to, for to the for a while. But here's the downside of this: is that it also felt to me a little forced. It felt a little pandering as well. Is is them going all right, all right, all right? Look, revival one, da 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 da. Aren't you all happy now? Um, and it really, I feel bad for AOP because, man, they got their hamstrings cut. Like, right as they were coming in, starting to look like the monsters that they should be sold as, they lost their titles. They were involved in a P angle. And then now they just lost another match for the number one contenderships uh, because now, now apparently it's time for the revival to finally get their just due. So I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I, I don't agree that the, the AOP are doomed. I think this is going to lead to exactly what we want, which is AOP challenging revival. Ultimately, that would be nice. Well, I think we're going to get there. But here's, I, I'm skeptically optimistic that the thing that we've been wanting for six plus months is a legit raw tag division post B team, right? So you think you think that yeah, hey, you were all up on the B team train. Don't you act like like that was something you were down on. Uh, you were you were loving the B team, man. Don't act. I'm not saying I was down on it. Well, you said ever since the B team. Oh, that B team. <laughs> that is not what I said. Sir. Um, I said in a post B team world uh, I that we've I had for the last six months of just basically nothingness. I'll include the B That's team. That's what world. I meant. I'll include when the B team I, were listen, champs. The B team were so good. Look at how terrible the Raw Tag Division has been since they dropped the, the belts. The, the B team That's the were, point the, I was were, the, to were make. the final nail in the coffin, giving them the tag championships over oh. everybody else. Okay. Uh, we all want Revival and AOP to kind of be the top of this tag division. Yes, and agreed. I think we're going to get that. Yeah, and I, I don't know what that means for Gable and Rude, but frankly, you know, I <laughs> like I we said, know exactly what that means. As we were saying earlier, it's like, they're doing fine. They're the tag champs. I'm like, yeah, about that. <laughs> for um, now. Uh, uh, for now. Yeah, so, so you think... This was a step in the right direction for the tag division. That's that's more the side of the line you're coming down on. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if we end up with revival and uh, AOP at Mania for the Raw tag belts. Yeah. You know, I'll I'll throw that one out yeah. there as an early thing. If if, if we can take two to three months to get there, if built correctly, yes, I, I could see that. Yeah. But somehow I don't I don't know. Somehow I, they're gonna mess it up. Some, <laughs> are we saying skeptically optimistic? Um, right. Finally, on Raw, we did have uh, a couple of packages. Obviously, they announced all of the NXT call-ups, but they also announced Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. They both had packages about how they're going to return soon. Uh, it's looking like Sami will be coming back as the heel he left as, which I think is an interesting decision. And Kevin Owens is coming back as Kevin Owens. Um, <laughs> never, never really fundamentally changes that Kevin Owens. Why was Kevin Owens out? I'm not sure I completely understand why he left or if he was injured or not. Um, off the top of my head, it was his knees. But uh, I know I so I know that Sammy had two busted shoulders, right? Um, and and he I'm trying to remember. Sammy went out before Kevin, didn't he? Yeah, he went out before Kevin. 
Yeah, it's been almost a year. And it was Jan- it was January, if I remember. After the what? whole Shane, no, it was like June. Shane, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles stuff we were dealing with at the beginning of 2018. It was it was after Maybe. WrestleMania, so it was in it was yeah, in, that's ju- true. It was in after June. that whole angle. Yeah, it was in June. Um, yeah, so was, so so Sammy busted both of his January, Sammy, June, bu- whatever. Sammy busted Sammy busted both of his arms, his shoulders, and uh, Kevin busted both of his knees. He had double knee surgery. So yeah, I. Also. Well, this is the thing. So here's the thing. They're now saying that they'll be back soon, quote unquote, soon, right? Here's the problem, though. Uh, yeah, Sammy's been out for what, June? So he's been out for six like months. six months or so. That's really early to be coming back from double shoulder surgery. That's usually like a nine month thing. It took Finn nine months. That's what I'm, and that was accelerated. That's what I'm saying. Kevin Owens. Also, should have been, I mean, for double knee surgery, that's a minimum of six months. And he just went out in like, what, September or October. I don't know. You can come back from an ACL strain or a small ACL tear in six weeks. It's He had double knee surgery, though. I understand. I mean, it's, but if it was just going well, in and cleaning stuff out, it's, it's fine. Yeah. Well, so the, the, my, my thing was, I was wondering, given the timetables that we estimate for them, uh, are they saying soon, like, January? Are they saying soon like March? Because if they're saying soon like March, that's not soon. That's three freaking months. And they're just putting their, those on this show to, to fake some sort of excitement. Like, see, stuff's happening. Yay! I'm saying soon like surprise entrance in the Royal Rumble. Mm, maybe. Unannounced it it's not, numbers in the it's Royal not, Rumble. Not a, not, it's not a surprise if you say they're coming back soon. Fair. And then they come out like, <laughs> well, see, we knew they were coming back. We just didn't know when. But here they are at the Royal Rumble. What a Yay. shock. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yep. yeah so I, we, we will see if again if they do come back soon in the next couple of weeks then obviously i'll be happy to see them uh i've been missing them on tv maybe not maybe not sammy and lashley but i've been missing i've been missing them in general i definitely miss uh, some KO, that's for sure oh man but uh yeah we'll see if this was because if we look back in three months and it took them three months to come back i'm definitely going to look back at, at them using these vignettes as a way to hype people up for another false promise like you know, hey, man, all these things that were changing up, we're shaking things up. Da, 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 da. Look Here, at this. Here's the carrot. Nope, you don't get it. Nope. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just just saying something to make us hype us up when all they were doing is leading us along like a horse along, like a mule That's along a, a track. Bitches. But there's more to talk about. Uh, was was there more shaking up this week? We'll have to find out. But in order to find out about that, we got to go talk about SmackDown Live. So we open up SmackDown Live backstage, and Shane McMahon is... We've seen this before. I just don't remember exactly what it was, where he he rallies the troops, and everybody's standing around, and he's giving a speech, and a, a, a sort of farewell speech that I didn't really catch why. They Survivor were, Series 2017. Survivor Series 2017, I remember, I think there was something like this where he did this. That's, that's right, that's when they were, rally- were going to do the yeah. invasions. Yeah, 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 you're right. So I didn't really catch why she was being dismissed, but Paige was being basically just congratulations and amazing rain and you were wonderful and but Baron, why Baron Corbin leaving? was so bad at his job that you're losing your job. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. Right. <laughs> That's a great way to look at it, <laughs> you know. And and it's, which is crazy to me. Paige is one of the best things about SmackDown. Like she was one of the best aspects of how the show was booked and written. So yeah, this was. This was kind of sad, but they Shane did say you'll be around in a different capacity, but you'll still be around. So, okay, I'm curious what capacity, if she's going to be replacing Corey Graves on commentary, which has been suggested. 
uh, or if they'll find another authority Maybe they'll put her, her on there instead of friggin' Otunga. Jesus Christ, what is he doing back on TV? You know what's really... Well, he's Bar- Byron Saxon apparently caught that South American flu that was going around or something. He's out with, with uh, being sick. He put Kyrie Sane's foot in his mouth. He got the, the, oh, the hand oh foot. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. No. yeah Kyrie, Kyrie's too small for him. He only likes Nia Jax-sized people. Um, but uh, I watch Ride Along. But uh, no, Otunga was in there filling in for Byron Saxon. I actually thought this was the most entertaining Otunga has been. He and Corey actually had some really funny moments, like character moments on this. I was surprised. Corey brought something out of him. Now, again, it's like saying he's taller than Danny DeVito, but it's still, it was, it was not as bad as it could have been. But yes, yeah, to go back to your point, Paige, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, it's a wait and see. It's wait and see what they do with her because her as GM was great. And I, I definitely, I think it's a step backwards because on this show, Vince kept coming out and making and, and making matches. Like one of the first things that happened was Becky came out to the ring and started talking about how Ronda screwed up her match, and then Charlotte came out and the two of them were sniping at each other. And uh, Vince came out and said, "Well, you know, if you want, if you have a problem with Ronda, you should take it out with Ronda," which um, I, I think was kind of what they were doing. Yeah, but whatever. <laughs> Vince goes, I did like right, the well, fact that she poked the corporate bear in a very stone coldy kind of way. If I do say there so was myself, a little bit of right that. at the I beginning. Don't, I don't know what those assholes are doing backstage. Yeah. The real business is conducted here in this ring. Yeah, and I all that corporate stuff they're doing. I was like, oh, the yes, little, so little bit, good, little bit it. of it, little bit, little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's like I don't do meetings because I'm the man. Uh, but we also had Oscar in the ring, basically gloating over the fact that she won the title, and uh, Vince made a match with her. Not with Becky or Charlotte. And he said, you two can go wait. You're having a match with Naomi. Uh, this was the okay. Corbin Kurt Angle reveal all over again. And I went, oh, no, uh, is this going to be one of the. Oh, is it Lacey? It's going to be Lacey. Oh, God. Oh. 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 It's, yeah. Okay, Naomi. Oh. Uh, okay. All right. All right. And then, and then, and then, well, then Charlotte and, and then, Becky are ringside by commentary during the match, and we're going to mix it up a little bit, and it's going to be a DQ because they're going to get start being mouthy with each other, and we're not going to care about what's... No, they, no. they just sat there the whole... Now, I do want to say yep. this. Traditionally, I've been down on Naomi. Yep. She hung with Asuka pretty good. This was actually a really good match. It was fine. It was. I don't think it was great, and it wasn't bad. It's a great. It, you, was, it was one of the better ones I've ever seen Naomi give. Here's the thing is Naomi has about a, 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 a split second pause before she does a move where she thinks about what she's going to do. And Asuka just does stuff. And that's why Asuka seems like she moves so quickly is because there's not really a whole lot of hesitation unless she's waiting for the other person to get their shit together. And that's kind of what happened in this match was Naomi would do a move and then wait and then do a move and then she would think about it and then do it. And Asuka was having to slow herself down <laughs> in order to work with Naomi. So it did make the match a little clumsier, a little more kind of stuttery than I think it could have been. I'm, I'm always th- wondering if a little bit of it too, if, if I can, is, is I don't want to say language barrier, but I mean, if Oscar was calling the match and calling the moves and everything, was she having trouble hearing her or yeah. was there any kind of thing there? Just logistics of, of calling the match like that. Sure. And that's the thing is that's an aspect that you and I won't know because we're not those performers in the ring and we're yeah. not working with Asuka and, and, and how that would actually work. I'm just saying how it appeared on TV yeah. uh, to, to someone who's watched thousands of wrestling matches. Um, but that being said, I do think that, that Asuka got a, you know, she got a decent performance out of Naomi and Naomi, Naomi is also ridiculously athletic and she's got some very, very cool looking moves that don't really look like they're like they wouldn't be effective in a real fight, but they're cool looking, 
right? So this, yeah, this was fine. It was fine. But this, this is the this is the thing. This is going to become the theme of SmackDown Live this week. It was fine. That's going to be the theme, right? <laughs> it was. <laughs> it's a little lackluster. Like with with one major exception, with one major major exception. Uh, well, at one point I'll get one point five major exceptions. There, this was a fairly lackluster show, and this match was an example of that. And frankly, the way that like now, if this is how things are going to be in the future with Vince coming out and just booking matches. That doesn't excite me. That's not exciting to me. It's not the change that I, as the authority of WWE, want to see. No. Just going to put that out there. So how long do you think Asuka's holding this thing for? Um, honestly, early early call. And it's, it's probably too early to tell, but there's two competing thoughts right now that we'll either get a triple threat of Charlotte, Becky, and Ronda at WrestleMania. That's not what I personally think. Uh-huh. At this time, the way things are stacking up, I think Becky is going to get... She's going to go on a side quest, so to speak, for Ronda Rousey, and it's going to leave Charlotte to feud with Asuka over the SmackDown Women's Championship. Mm-hmm. I see two separate matches and encounters leading all the way up to Mania. So I think yeah, she there could hold a- it to Mania. There was a little bit of a discussion about this in our Facebook discussion group, which if you're not a part of, you should go join because we have discussions like this on it, and it's a lot of fun. Yes. Um, I actually I came down very hard on the side of it's going to be a triple threat, Ronda, Charlotte, Becky, because I, I think that the original plan was going to be Charlotte and Ronda, and then this whole Becky thing happened. And, uh, you know, I don't <laughs> Becky think... Becky went nuclear overnight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I don't think that they're ready to let go of the, the Charlotte Ronda thing yet. Like, even though that they just had a match at Survivor Series and it was awesome, I don't think that they're ready to let that go entirely. And I think that Charlotte Becky Ronda would be a marquee match that would seriously draw. And I know, I, I know that you're not a fan of triple threat matches, and frankly, neither am I. But I can't really see having just Becky and Ronda unless we do some serious business. Uh, distracting Charlotte over the next few months. Not to say it can't happen. It absolutely could happen. Like what you're what you're predicting could happen. I just don't think that it's something that they're going to want to do, which is have Charlotte Asuka again at WrestleMania. Yeah. Like we just had that. I don't think that they're going to do that. I think they're going to find somebody else for Asuka. Um, not that I know who they don't. I don't. They don't have a whole lot of women on SmackDown that could face Oscar right and now. And frankly, but. it's not even Christmas yet. I think by the time four weeks from now, by the time we get to Rumble and we see what manifests for that card and the outcomes of that, we'll know by the end of January probably what that's going to look like. Well, we are going to have to because the Royal Rumble will come and gone by then. It's not going to be Carmella. <laughs> I promise. It's not going to be Carmella. No, hopefully she and she and Oscar never feud ever, ever, ever again. Well, so we were talking about the one thing, the 1.5 things that I thought were great about the SmackDown episode. And the one big thing was the main event, which they announced early on in the show. And my head explode when I saw that graphic come up on screen. You had Daniel Bryan and Cien Almas on one tag team, which right off the bat, I was like, "Ooh, that's nice. On the other side, you had AJ Styles and Mustafa freaking Ali on the other side. I looked at all four of those guys lined up next to each other and went, well, this will be a good match. And it was. This is new and fresh. (laughs) That was new and fresh. It was like the one thing of the week. (laughs) But but here's the thing, though. That's not essential. That's not necessarily a fresh idea is the champ gets a tag team partner and his challenger gets a tag team partner and they have a match in the main event. That's not new. Is it? Are we up on this because it's 
Because of who's involved. Like, obviously, Mustafa Ali is a new property. He officially, by the way, got announced as being a member of SmackDown Live now. So I don't know if he's going to be going back and forth on 205 Live uh, like Drake Maverick does or Leo Rush. But he's now officially a member of SmackDown. He's going to be part of Storylines on SmackDown Live, which is great. I mean, strap the rockets on that boy. He has charisma up the hoo-ha. He's got um, big get-up-and-go. Like, if, you, if, you've, if you're not following 205 Live at all, if you don't know who Mustafa Ali is from A Hole in the Wall, um, he has been killing it on 205 Live for a long time now. He has a great backstory. He has a great personality. He's also um, he, uh, he's a go-getter where he would record his own promos and bring them in to pitch them. He wouldn't just wait for them to give him the script. You know, They would say, we kind of want something like this, and he'd just go do it and come back in and be like, how's this? And apparently that's, that goes over really well when you do it as well as he did because he's had some killer promos. The dude can talk. It's also important to know that he's been essentially challenging for the Cruiserweight Championship for at least a year, yeah. if not longer. He's been and in or around six, the title picture. You know, yeah. He hasn't ever won it, but it's but he's, he's had, been really close, and he's, he's had, been a hell of a contender. Yeah. And he's been he's had classic matches with everyone he's had a match with, pretty much. Like he's he has been on fire. But then again, you can say the same thing about Cien Almas. So it's this was a really, really delicious matchup because of who it was. And that might just be for for me when I looked at it, I was like, well, if someone didn't really care about Cien Almas because they hadn't been given enough to care about, they might not be as excited about this. But I thought it was really exciting. And the match delivered. The match was really freaking good. It was I fantastic. The commentary did a good job of putting Ollie over as well. And, Hugely. Uh, and explaining his story. I think that's something that they haven't done so well with Cien Almas. Yes. Uh, you know, letting them know that he was the NXT champion. And why, know, he's, to, why he's awesome. Yeah, he, his, his lineage in, in Mexico, everything. In Luchador's history and all He's going to get over just by the way he carries himself. Because he carries himself like a goddamn star. He yep. car- he's, he's, his presence in that ring, he may not speak a lick of English, but his presence in that ring is unbelievably good. But yep. here's, here's the crazy thing about this. Mustafa Ali pinned Daniel Bryan clean. Pinned him clean. 054, reverse uh, reverse flip, and pins Daniel Bryan. Reverse 450. Wow. Some of you watching SmackDown Live might have seen that for the first time. So I, the first time I saw that on 205 Live blew my socks off. <laughs> and that's when I really started paying attention to that guy. Because we've all seen AJ Styles do the 450 uh, splash, basically. This is doing that backwards. Well, it's just inverted. Oh, inverted is a better way. Yeah. So, uh, but, well, just, wow. But and it, he even looked surprised when he pinned Daniel and the ref counted three. He went, did well, this yeah. just happen? It was, a, it was a great sell of the finish. But um, it's no red arrow. I'll just throw that out there. But... Uh, <laughs> but no, this, so this was... That was, a, that was crazy. Wrestling. That was a... Right. But um, but that was this was a new exciting thing. This was a new exciting thing. Mustafa Ali pinned Daniel Bryan. What does this mean? Is he going to get a title shot again in the future? Is this what is what is heading for him in the future on SmackDown Live? They needed a good strong face. They got one. Uh, the the point traditionally five, pinning the champion means you get a title shot. That so is correct. We'll see. see. Yeah. Uh, but now the point five, of course, also had to do with Daniel Bryan, and that was at the very top of the show. Uh, I have to bring this up because it was just, I think my, I think it might've been my favorite wrestling moment of the week or sports entertainment moment of the week. Uh, during that Shane O'Mac speech, everyone of course gathered around 
uh, listening to him talk, all three members of the New Day chewing on big old steaks for some reason. I don't know if that was a reference to heavy machinery or if they just had steaks for some reason and were just eating them. Uh, it's, and it's the next thing. They've done cereal and pancakes. Now they're going to do steaks. I will go to a WWE show just to hope that New Day will throw a steak at me. Please. I, I, or at I, Daniel Bryan. <laughs> well, that was the funny thing. So Big E was like making out with his steak and eyeballing Daniel Bryan so hard. And the Daniel Bryan looks over at him eating this steak and making out the steak and staring at him and stares, uh, turns and looks back forward with just this grimace on his face that on one's hand was hilarious to see and was also very obviously Daniel Bryan trying so hard not to crack up. <laughs> I actually missed that. I had to go back and watch it to see it because I was looking at the other end of the, of the right. pile of, of superstars right. at Cian Almas and Zelina Vega. And when everybody was clapping for Paige, they just stood there like they were looking around. And yeah, kind of like, uh, I guess we'll And I'm clap. like, beautiful. Yeah. Yes. A lot of good. Sell that shit. I love it. They caught a lot of good reactions in that segment. But my God, I, hey, I, I still liked I liked the Daniel Bryan Big E feud back in the day, like Team Hell No versus Ziggler and, and Big E. Like that was good stuff. I would not yep. mind seeing Daniel Bryan and Big E having a feud again over over Big E's abuse of those poor animals, eating them like the savage he is. His consumption of animal flesh, Dis- disgusting, oh. disgusting. Um, as long as he gives the promo and the uh, the challenge in wearing canvas boat shoes and a cardigan, I I would be fine with that. I know you wouldn't. Uh, something else that was actually, I thought, a nice little change up was the uh, the Usos were out in the ring and talking about how they didn't win on Sunday, but they still feel good uh, about themselves, but not as good as the Good Brothers who came out and said, this was my point five. I thought this is where you were going to go when you were saying you had a, a the point five thing that you liked. This was the this point, was mine. This was a point two five. Uh, I'll add a point two five to the show because it, it didn't. Really, it was such a tease. It was such a tease. It didn't really end it like, the, hey, Good Brothers coming out and uh, getting some mic time and getting some ring time with the Usos. All about it. It was a it was a fairly fun match until it was interrupted. Especially after the night before when we had a four way number one contenders match with all those teams in there. I went, oh shit, yeah, it's the Good Brothers, and they even did a little fourth wall break of themselves. And they were like, we hadn't been on SmackDown in like six months. Yeah, because it's been all the bar Usos and New Day. Which is true. It has been, and it's a good point to make. And yeah, they have some tag teams sitting in the wings, like with the exception of Survivor Series, where we had that big cluster F match where they all came out. We kind of forgot there were all these tag teams that were sitting around. Uh, and and we even they even showed that at the end of this where the bar came out to interfere, but they were beaten to the ring by Sanity, who came out and put the boots to everybody before the bar could even get halfway down the ramp. And then it was a nice, interesting little bit where Sanity, as they walked out, kind of stared down the bar and be like, and we're like, hey, 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 we got to him first. <laughs> Chaos. And walked out. You know, fantastic. So, uh, so, yeah, so this was this was fun, but it did feel like a tease for something more. And I, I, I want to see them actually like pay this off. You know what I mean? Like have New Day just do comedy segments, uh, keep the Usos working the tag division or have the New Day come in every once in a while. But. But man, yeah, get some of these other tag teams that are around that are good. Good God, the Good Brothers are so underutilized. Man, I was going back and watching New Japan from uh, from back when Machine Gun Carl Anderson was winning G ones and shit, and he was like fifty pounds heavier. <laughs> I, that guy was in, he was incredible. And Doc Gallows, man, it was ah, uh, I, I, I more wrestling. But um, I definitely <laughs> want to see more Good Brothers uh, on TV. So that was it was, it a was nice very start. good to see them. It was very good to see Sanity as well. It's yes. very good to know that both of those teams 
are alive and well and again dangling the carrot I, I just hope it doesn't get snatched away because I get real excited when when my teams start showing up well not only showing up but looking effective you know yeah. not not looking like goobers like again it's not if you lose a match it's how you lose a match it's you know so if you have them come out and look competitive even if they lose just that's all I ask man yeah keep them keep them, yep. inter- keep them interesting to me Land of opportunity. Give him an opportunity. Uh, Samoa Joe had a segment where he was supposed to apologize to Jeff Hardy for bring, continuously bringing up his uh, his demons, his all his demons from the past. Uh, and uh, Jeff said, "Well, I've worked past my demons. My demons now fuel me." That's a pretty good North Carolina. Uh, thanks. I've been working on it. Uh, now that you're over there, I figure I have to be able to speak your I've language. Been tempted to turn mine loose again because. You know, quick a little aside. One of the the quickest, the easiest way to get rid of an accent is just to talk faster. But if I slow down and start having a beer or two, and I get really charged up, it comes out a little bit. You get that drawl going. Is that why? Is that why Jeff? Back. Is that why Jeff permanently has a drawl? Yeah. North, <laughs> slow, North just Carolina, slow, man. slow down and get have a couple drinks. Never mind. If John Strowman stop talking like this, I'll, you'd hear him talk normal too. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. Oh man, yeah, he always sounded kind of like a, a mountain kind of man to me. But um, all right, all right. Back to Samoa Joe and Jeff Hardy. Good God. Uh, so Samoa came out and said, oh, actually, I'm not really here for an apology. I'm here for an intervention, Jeff. We're going to have an intervention with you and all of this stuff that, okay. This, I honestly thought this was kind of a lame segment um, because we all know Jeff's moved past it and it made Samoa Joe look petty and not very intelligent at all to actually come out and get in the ring with Jeff Hardy just to insult him like what was the what was the thought what was the logic behind Samoa Joe's character to come out to the ring and just be like hey Jeff you were a drunk remember that when you were a drunk well I've known you a long time you used to do drugs Jeff how about that and that was it that was the point that was his whole point you know notably no face paint on Jeff this week either no that was one thing I took away <laughs> I'm talking about logic about and you're talking about face paint <laughs> come on man because there was no logic to this bit. There wasn't. I would. This is I, I, dumb. I, it was. It was dumb. And the only thing that was worthwhile about it was Jeff turning the tables on Joe and saying, "You know, Joe, this is just you making up for your insecurities for not having won any gold since you came here to WWE." And it got under Joe's skin, and it bugged him, and he attacked Jeff, and Jeff beat him down and ran off. So, yeah, the the feud continues, but it definitely this didn't do anything for it for me. No, it, it, it may I, have been I counterproductive. Honestly, don't care. <laughs> That's really the extent of it. The only way I could have you actually know? cared about this is if Joe came out and beamed Jeff in the head with a box of Samoa Girl Scout cookies. That would have been amazing. Nice reference. Uh, shout out to Edge and Christian. Shout Season two out is awesome. to Edge and Christian. Woot woot peep peep. That's an amazing show. Yes. Um, and then finally, let's see. We had Miz and Mandy Rose. They ha- they were. Hang on, you gotta you gotta set this up. The backstage segment was amazing. I'm gonna get there. I was Miz goes and knocks on Vince McMahon's door and tries to convince him even further <laughs> that that Shane should be his tag. He partner. wanted his blessing, and McMahon goes, "Oh, I, I don't do that, pal. I've never given anybody I've never, my blessing. I've never given anyone my blessing in my life. I didn't even give Test my blessing. <laughs> oh, ah, there's a throwback for you. Oh, I just was reading a, a, a tweet from from Sabu about how he hates Test and hope he's in hell. Like, yeah, oh, Jesus, Sabu burned him down. Oh, God. If you, ever, if you ever want to watch a guy just completely go off the rails on a daily basis, go go read Sabu's tweets. That guy just does not give a single crap. 
But yes, as you said, Miz went back to try and get Vince's blessing for for the union between him and uh, Shane McMahon. He he wanted him to be his partner. Yes, and Vince was giving him several kind of uh, are we talking about what I think you're talking about, kid? Looks, <laughs> and um, finally he said, "Well, you know the way we do things around here is." If you want to be in a tag team with my son, you have to prove yourself in a tag team match. So we're going to have a match later on tonight. You're going to be in a tag team with a partner of my choosing against another team. All right, go get ready. And so Miz went out to the ring, and it was announced that it was a mixed tag, which got a, a look of consternation and confusion on Miz's face. And out came Mandy. 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 Came out to the ring, and uh, Miz was like, all right, I fine, I guess, cool. And then their partners, or the, sorry, their partners, their, their opponents turned out to be R-Truth and Carmella, who recently won the Mixed Match Challenge. So this was a nothing match. This was over so quickly, uh, I, was, I, I, I blinked and I missed it. Uh, and ultimately, for what? Yeah. For R-Truth to come out and try to get his joke about going to Stanford over further? I, and I, a dance break. Oh. <sighs> Yeah, come on, guys. Well, and, and what was crazy was that it was over. It, it was that it was over so quickly. Mandy didn't even get any offense in, so it wasn't exactly a showcase for Mandy, who they're theoretically trying to push. Miz, Miz, skull crushing finaleed our truth. One, two, three. It's over, and it was kind of like, okay, all right. Uh, so these guys just won the mixed match challenge. They just won the mixed match challenge, and you're having them get destroyed by a team that wasn't even prepared to be a team. So I was very confused about the booking there. Makes all kinds of sense to me. Oh, it does. Well, would you care to explain it to me then? That's hashtag sarcasm. Oh. oh, yeah. I didn't put on my sarcastic voice. I apologize. No, uh, apparently you didn't, Nick. Maybe it'd be good if you if you did that once in a while. Hey, all one right. last thing that happened on SmackDown that I'm actually kind of excited. Well, skeptically optimistic. This is one of those <laughs> things I'm skeptically <laughs> optimistic about is uh, Rusev being interviewed backstage. Uh, giving a great promo, a uh, very funny promo. I really like funny face Rusev. I just want to be on record and say that. Agreed. Um, this was fantastic. And Lana just kind of looking at him like, that's my man. I love him. Oh, my I'm gosh. I'm handsome. I'm a hunk. I, I got, got the big I got the bicep. I'm a superstar. I'm an athlete. And Is I got he a channeling handsome, Arnold Schwarzenegger? I have, a, I have a handsome beard. I don't know. I don't know why he became Arnold Schwarzenegger. I can't do a Bulgarian Look at accent. my bicep. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you girly man. You're going to face yeah. me. I will be the U.S. champion. <laughs> Come on. Speaking do, of do yourselves a favor and go look up the YouTube video of every Arnold scream ever. Oh, God. And it's about Stop. a 10-minute right. montage of everyone. Anyway. Back to wrestling. Yes. Uh, yes. Nakamura Not- followed this up later uh, with a video that I don't really remember. It was just him <laughs> saying, he I know that there was a video of- and Nakamura right. was in it. I honestly, there was no real context to it, and I frankly couldn't give a shit. And the quicker they get that U.S. title <laughs> back to relevance and off of Nakamura, as much as I hate to say that, uh, the better. Well, uh, Nakamura, gave. he, he said... Uh, yeah, okay, well, Rusev, you, you, you think that you're a U.S. champion. Well, here, this is you. And he showed a, a video montage of all the goofiest stuff that Rusev did on Total Divas. That's right. Uh, and then said, you're not a superstar, you're a Total Diva. Ooh, big words. Again, promos um, with small setups and cutting to another video package. Yeah, yeah with Nakamura's case, it, it <laughs> don't let him talk for too long. But uh, right. 
Uh, that being said, yeah, we have Rusev versus Nakamura next week. I'm going to say this right now, dude. These guys have never had a bad match together. Every time no. they've had a match, it's been great. I act, They have great chemistry together. I can't wait for this match. Um, I can't wait for Rusev to have the U.S. title. Please, I, hurry. Yes. I, I'm not going to spoil it for you because I do know what happens, so I won't say yay or nay uh, if he wins it or not. But uh, we will find out next week on the show whether or not he uh, he wins the title or not off of Nakamura. We head into New Year, uh, into a Rusev Day year, or if we continue to be in the state of Nakamura. Every year is a Rusev Day year, Ian. Come on, man. You know this by now. Touche. Uh, so <laughs> shall we be concerned at this point with how bland Raw and SmackDown were after this announcement? Like, Or do we write this off to creative exhaustion, the end of the year, people are going home. We're just like, okay, let's just get through this, and then we'll... We'll start from scratch at the beginning of January. Is that kind of what we're, 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 we're seeing here? Yeah, let's zoom out a little bit. We made a big, big deal at the top of this show about everything that went down during the big news segment. Then we made we talked about all the shitty stuff in Raw that was kind of eh, and then we talked about all eh, and SmackDown. Big picture, I'm not impressed. I, frankly, this was just another week, just like we've had the last two or three weeks, where you get one or two little bright spots or carrots dangled in front of you. You know, which is a shame coming off of of TLC a lot more as drastic as they made the appearance of Vince McMahon out to be right. It was very lackluster of the appearance itself and a lot of ambiguity of I don't really know what's going to happen, but hey, new era. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know what that means. (laughs) Yeah. And after after a really good pay-per-view like TLC was uh, and then, of course, with how much they hyped Vince McMahon coming out, it, 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 it was a little bit of a disappointment to have these shows not have more there, more substance there. But as I said, I am going to, I'm going to give them the the benefit of the doubt. And (laughs) I'd say what you will about whether or not WWE has earned the benefit of the doubt, but I'm going to give them the the benefit of the doubt on this because of the time of year, because you know, this is just not traditionally a time when they're doing a whole bunch of crazy shit anyway. No, that'll start about a month. That's what I'm saying. Wait and see. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna excoriate them for for having a couple of bad shows uh, at this wow, time of year. For that word and nice. and it's not something that I, I'm going to dwell on. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, eh, it sucks. I wish they'd done more to, to back up their words, but at the same time, I don't think it's the end of the world, and I don't think it's something that I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna throw a fit about it because uh, I'm a you know, spoiled little not fan. Not that like, we didn't just do that for ninety burr. minutes, but. <laughs> well, but criti- we, I, I'd like to think that we were critiquing it in a way that's sh- that trying to point out like this is a spot where they could have done this. This is a spot where they could have done that, except for the Bobby Lashley yeah. and Elias thing, which would, there's no excuse for that. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, in all, in all seriousness, though, like I, I, I believe that they can still write this and they can still come out and make some changes and make some fixes. They have the room to do that. But there are, there are some fundamental things that they're going to have to shift about the whole company. They are truly going to have to change with the times. And that might mean firing Kevin Dunn, and it might, mean, might mean Vince having to go to XFL to create that whole new structure, uh, which I don't see happening, either of those. But they're going to have to do something fundamental to fix how they're telling stories on the main roster. I agree with that completely. I, I can't, couldn't have said it better myself. I actually thought Vince was coming out to retire, full disclosure. I thought he was coming out to formally announce uh, that he would, and especially when Triple H came out with him, because I knew Stephanie was coming, and I figured Shane would be out there too. When Triple H was included, I went, oh, 
Vince, I'm, I'm calling it right now. Vince is not coming out to retire unless he's coming out in a casket, Nick. So that being said, that is it for Raw and SmackDown for this week. Woo! Lots to talk about on that show, on that uh, those two shows. We we'd spend some time on that, but there's plenty more to talk about still over in the wide world of wrestling. Well, kicking things off in NXT, we have a bit of news. Uh... Nick Miller is out. Yeah. What, what does that mean for for the mighty and specifically for Shane Thorne? I, I, that's the really the question here is what's next? The tag team's done. The mighty is now split up. Uh, Nick Miller apparently, the, it's confused as to whether he was released or asked for his release, but he didn't come back from Australia. He apparently had a baby and he's got some personal things to take care of. So we don't even know if this is a permanent thing or if he might come back, the, uh, you know, if the door is still open for him or not. Like, there's still a lot of stuff that needs to be found out about this, but it's crazy. They just had a match on TV versus Orny Lorcan and Danny Birch. So it's, it's kind of out of the blue. It's very out of the blue. And, um, you know, the more we find out, the more we'll talk about it. But, yeah, yeah it's kind of crazy, very sudden. I don't know if there's room for another, you know, singles competitor in the men's division on NXT right now. Yeah, I mean, for Shane not, Thorne, that's you got to repackage uh, him entirely because his whole his everything about him was wrapped up in in the mighty. We don't yeah. even know who he is. Uh, but that being said, speaking of tag teams, we had uh, a match to kick this off this week: a tag team Io Shirai and Dakota Kai versus Marina Shafir and Jessamine Duke. First time we've gotten a look at Marina Shafir and Jessamine Duke in the ring. What did you think? What did, what did you learn about them? It was quick and it was over way too soon. These ladies, all four of them, have so much more that they could could do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like it was it was a it was a nice exhibition. It was a nice debut for for Duke and and Shafir. I, I think they I think it would. I there's nothing I could really point at and go that was stupid. That sucked. They need to do better at that. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I just I, thought it was too little. Was over too fast. I thought I thought Jessamine Duke was terrifying. I thought Marina, oh, Mar- Mar- Marina Shafir I thought carried herself very well and, and, and looked good, but Jessamine Duke actually scares me a little bit. <laughs> like, there is there something about her height and lankiness that is mildly off-putting. Yeah, as one of the Gracies, she reminds me of one of the Gracies with how she moves. Uh, it's very Spider Monkey-ish, but it's almost like Slender Man in a way. It's just, <laughs> there's something something's not what? right there, and then. I mean, she's a beautiful lady. What she's a bizarre a great, very reference. athletic lady. But there's something about her, just how lengthy she is. It's just... All right. Well, I'm not, not going to get on board with the Slender Man co- comparison until 12-year-old girls start killing each other for Jessamine Duke. But uh, that being said, this match was, was definitely uh, a, a good introduction to them and an introduction to Io Shirai on uh, NXT television. And I thought, it was, I thought it was a lot of fun. A lot of, lot of strong moves, big kicks, and... A good start, I think. It's, it, the question is, will this is this going to continue? We know that Dakota Kai is injured. Uh, she was injured in a house show. So the question is, what are they going to do next with all these guys? Or, or girls, rather. But uh, How injured is, is the question. And right. Can, can Io Shirai do singles matches for the next three or four weeks with the two of them? Right. You know, while well, while Dakota Kai is healing. And, and while uh, Kyrie Sane is recovering from hand, foot, and mouth disease. Taking her foot out of her mouth. <laughs> exactly. Uh, also this week, we had the debut of Donovan Dijakovic. Which I I'm, thought you were going to say the debut of Aaron Mackey. Which I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm never going to get used to saying Dijakovic. No, and I, I don't know if we'll ever see Aaron Mackey again because Dijakovic murdered him. Murdered. Oh, that poor guy. It was definitely a, it was the definition of a squash match. Was, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody 
put a little man into a vertical suplex and then just throw him one-handed across the entire ring. Time to fly! I, yeah. And there he went. Wow. Um, yeah, it was it was definitely you know obviously you and I are familiar with Di, with Dijak from uh, from the Indies and we were there for his five star match against Keith Lee. Uh, he is a he's a ton of fun man. They didn't show any of his big stuff. Oh, they just made him look like a monster. He's got so much in the bank, like still just waiting to to cash in. Oh. Oh, I can't I actually wait. thought after the squash and he was standing tall and his music was playing, we might get a Keith Lee walk out to the top of the ramp. <laughs> That's coming. I, I, no, I gonna, would have lost my shit. They're going to build that. They're gonna, we'll, <laughs> we will see Dijak Lee in NXT, but they're going to build to that. Mark my words. They're going to they're gonna make that a nice long build, and then we're going to see some hellacious big boys doing things that big boys should not be able to do. Because if you didn't know... I'm going to let you know right now, Dijak, excuse me, Dijakovic, never going to get used to saying it. Uh, he is a six foot seven guy who can do stuff like a five foot nine guy. It's freakish. It's freakish. So very much looking forward to seeing how people react when he really opens up. Uh, we also had Heavy Machinery have a squash match. They, I, don't, I didn't even catch their names. A couple of little kids. They look like one of them was Howell. I caught one of them was Howell. Well, yeah. not anymore. He doesn't have a name anymore. He's dead. No, he's- they, heavy machinery <laughs> murdered these poor kids. If uh, he does, it's on his tombstone. <laughs> it's on his epitaph. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> these these boys' chests went through their backs. Uh, heavy machinery beat them up, squashed the crap out of them while Undisputed Era looked on from the top of the ramp. Heavy machinery has a match, title match against Undisputed Era next week, which is going to be fun because it's going to be curious to see how heavy machinery moves out of NXT. If they if they put over Undisputed Era on their way out, which I suspect, or if they have a quick title run uh, on their way out and come up at, at first as NXT title holders to the WWE before losing them later uh, on. I don't know. I think we might see them up to, what is it, TakeOver Phoenix yeah. in a month. Yeah. I think they might run this tag championship thing up till Phoenix before they come over officially. We'll see. I mean, it depends on how fast they want to implement those changes over on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. I could definitely see them I'm coming. Looking more like to, it's going to be very fast. I, I can. <laughs> I could definitely see Heavy Machinery fitting in uh, well on Monday Night Raw right now. Yeah, but uh, I could also see them on SmackDown. I, I, you know, a lot of people have been speculating like where the NXT call ups are going, and I, all of them are to me are coin flips. All of them are coin flips. So. Uh, finally, speaking of TakeOver Phoenix, we have a match between Aleister Black and Tommaso Ciampa at TakeOver Phoenix. But before we get there, Aleister Black has to go through a cage match with Johnny Gargano. And this was a fantastic cage match. Yes, it fantastic. was. For many reasons. Fantastic. For many reasons. Just great action in the ring. Great storytelling with them almost leaving the cage and then coming back in and Johnny fighting with his dark side. And then ultimately... At the end, Alistair's almost out of the cage, through the door, and Johnny's almost over the top of the cage. Who's going to get out first? Tommaso Ciampa runs out and slams the door in Alistair's head and then gets in there, and Johnny Gargano climbs back down into the ring, and there's this wonderful tense moment. Is Johnny going to go for Ciampa? Is he, is, Ciampa's looking at him like, I'll help you, I'll help you, and Johnny and Ciampa end up tag, combining and doing the old DIY finisher move on Alistair Black for Johnny to pick up the one, two, three pinfall. And then Johnny's left to think about the fact that he just essentially sided with his version of the devil. He sold his soul to the devil. 
This was one of the most theatrical, yep. amazing things I think I've seen all year in wrestling. This is this is now. Do you like the way that they've built this so that Johnny has come all the way around through everything that's happened with Champa to maybe reforming DIY as a heel faction or heel team? I don't know if I ever suspected it would go that far. It's, we knew that you know there was speculation of if this would make it all the way through the summer, and I was like, no, no, we're going. This is all year, potentially all the way to Mania yeah. next year. Yeah, well, and we and, were saying and, like and that's what we've seen is this ebb and flow. This this. Champa getting the championship and Johnny being pissed and turning around and this whole thing is just lead and it's still going at a hundred miles an hour. It's not stopping anytime soon. So you ask a very hard question of where's it going to end? I don't know. Well, here's the, I don't I don't want it to. End. I don't either. And I, it could keep going on forever and finding new things. This is what we're talking about at the top of the show is storytelling, right? This yes. is not a story you could have told in two weeks. This is something that Johnny had to go through this journey all year long. Ciampa had to con- continue to go on his journey and, and leave Johnny Gargano alone and find other things. And Alistair's been on a journey in this too. All these guys have had these ins and outs and ups and downs all year and have changed as a result. And you could not have sold Johnny Gargano doing this with Ciampa five months ago. So this is, yeah, all fantastic storytelling. Um, I'm looking forward to the match at TakeOver. The question is, you know, does Johnny interfere with that match now? Is Johnny now on Champa's side? What happens next? I don't know, man. I, look, I had to I had to show the end of this match to Esther three times to get to explain the the evolution of DIY and how far these guys have come. This, this was kind of one of those you know stick a pin in it kind of moments where it was just oh wow we're gonna remember this in a few months when this thing comes to a head again. Yep, yep, for sure. So uh, he- really, really good. Heading over to two hundred five live uh, really quickly. We had a match. Uh, Noam Dar actually came out. Uh, Arya Davari was in the ring with Hideo Itami and saying, we're shutting down the show until we get some good competition out here. And uh, Drake Maverick said, came out to say, well, you're suspended then. Noam Dar interrupts and says, no, no, no. I'll have a match with them. All good. Noam Dar versus Hideo Itami. Great match. Noam ends up losing. Hideo kills him. This is, I thought, uh, was a good way to introduce uh, Noam back to people as well, making him look competitive. Hideo looks like a killer still, and uh, we're getting more of the dynamic between Hideo and Arya because Arya was running interference the entire time, which is why Noam lost and kept him look strong. Kept him looking strong. So this was a, this was a good little piece of business. Uh, Buddy Murphy said that he's beaten everyone who's a challenge on 205 Live, so he's looking forward to finding out who Drake Maverick's going to find for him to fight next. Drake says, we will find out next week who he's going to get as a challenger, and it will be someone who's a real challenge for him. This had this is the most inter- interesting thing on 205 Live this week for me, except for the street fight. This was I was this was a tease. It's like who's who's going to face Murphy? Who do they got? Who do- Neville's not coming back. There's no way in uh, hell. Right? No, 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 no. He's he's currently Dragon Gate champion right now. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. But is is we're gonna is is let me stop myself because of the excitement here. <laughs> is is Mustafa Ali going to SmackDown Live, leaving a hole open for someone to be called up from NXT? Is, is my question. And is that person going to be someone who's going to be put against Buddy Murphy next week? Because that would be really cool. And I, that would be fun. Um, Leo Rush crushed a jobber. Uh, that's pretty much all there is to say about that. There was a, there was a guy, Leo Rush beat him, uh, didn't pin him right away, went back up and beat him again. And then finally, we had the street fight between uh, the Brian Kendrick and Akira Tozawa versus Drew Gulak and Jack Gallagher. 
This was a ton of fun. Well worth going and checking out, watching it. Um, it was just a great. It was as good of a street fight as the cage match was on NXT. So I recommend going and checking it out. It ended up uh, with Gallagher getting pinned by Kendrick after slice bread number two for the win. And I'm wondering, what I was left wondering is, is this feud now blown off or are we going to see some singles matches here or what? Because there's not really a whole lot of places to go after a street fight. Yeah, I kind of want this to be done. And I kind of want, you know, if Gulak and Kendrick had a program that I could get on board with that, I think that'd be a lot of fun. I I just, I don't want to do this anymore in a, in a weird way as good as this was it needs to be done and it yeah we, we've been on this for like three months yeah i think now. i think they did everything they needed to do with this and everyone can go their separate ways so i i'm, I'm with you on that uh next up we gotta have to talk about ring of honor they had their final battle pay-per-view and by the way it was really really good it was fantastic it was a damn good show even the even the like there was a couple matches that were a little bit lackluster even they were fine they were they were decent matches, but man, the good stuff on here was so freaking good. If there's one match you should go check out, it's the uh, TV title match between our boy, the delicious smelling Jeff Cobb, and Hangman Page. I thought you were gonna say the I Quit match. Uh, the I Quit match was really freaking good too, but we'll get to that. No, that this was a TV title match. It was amazing, fantastic, athletic stuff. A lot of people obviously didn't know about Jeff Cobb. And Hangman Page. Now you do. Dude, Page brought out some stuff. Oh, you didn't know? Now you know. <laughs> Hangman Page brought out some stuff that I have not seen him do in a while. This it was a lot of fun. A really great match. Recommend that. Uh, Jeff Cobb does retain and uh, his TV title. You'll see this is going to be a bit of a, a uh, uh, as we go down this, this will be a recurring theme that people who are involved in the elite are going to lose a lot on this show. The Women of Honor four-way title match, Kelly Klein ended up defeating the champion Sumie Sakai. Uh, she, About time. She also, uh, see, Karen Q was eliminated first, and Madison Rain was eliminated second. But it, yeah, it was it was the right decision. Kelly Klein is being built as an absolute beast. Uh, Sumie Sakai was a good way to kind of jumpstart the division with uh, making it look legitimate. Uh, and she did give her a nice, a nice honorable passing of the torch at the end of the match. So that was cool. I think it's the right choice to put it on Klein right now. They've, they've done a good job making her ready for it. And uh, Definitely congrats, Kelly. Yeah. Earned it. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. defeated Jonathan Gresham in a really great technical match. Like If you like Zack Sabre Jr. style matches, you'll love this match. It was very, very cool. Like Just brutal strikes and good, uh, good grapples, good grappling moves. Um, I feel like this is an example of how Zack Sabre Jr. has evolved over 2018. He's had a great 2018. You know what I mean? Like he, if you look at how he was around the time he was in the the Cruiserweight Classic and what he was portraying there and then how his character was versus how his character is now, if he'd come in the way he is now to the Cruiserweight Classic, it would have been a whole different thing and people would have really set up and taken notice of him. A lot more oh, than yeah. they did. I, I think he'd probably be on two hundred five live right now, to be honest. Or as opposed to as opposed to uh, uh, all the things he did. Zack Saber Junior. versus Neville on uh, Jesus Christ, that would have been amazing. It, well, we might still see that because now they're both not in WWE, yeah. so we could still see Good that. Point. But um, you know, I think he's learned a lot from Minoru Suzuki and being in Suzuki Gun, and uh, he's he's put that kind of attitude into his matches a lot more. So this was. This was an example of that where it's just it just feels he feels so much more vicious than he did a couple of years ago. And it's just so much more yeah. meaning in all of his moves. 
Um, so yeah, I, I love me some Zach Saber Jr. He does win here. Matt Taven, interestingly enough, beat Dalton Castle. The Taven or Tavin? I've always Matt thought it was Tav- Tavin. Matt Tavin. I'm sorry. Oh, Matt okay. Tavin. I uh, want to make sure I wasn't wrong there. Okay. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> I'm just trying to read too quickly here. Um, is, is Dalton Castle still hurt? I remember we saw him at PWG and we didn't think he was going to come and he was hurt and he still showed up anyway. It, it, that was like six months ago though, or a long time ago. Is he still hurt? Uh, from what I understand, I mean, he can't have healed from what he, from a broken back that quickly or right. a, a fra- fractured vertebrae, you know, but he was, he was taking some big bumps in this match and he, yeah, I wouldn't say that he was flying around the place, but he certainly looked better than he did when we saw him. So maybe yeah. he got a little bit of rehab or something happened, but he did, you know, it was interesting. Tavin did, he kicked out of the bangerang. And Castle did look a little bit weak here. So I was wondering kind of what they were doing with Dalton Castle. There are rumors that uh, WWE is looking at Dalton Castle right now. So um, I'm wondering if they are hedging, hedging their bets with him. And this is a guy who was, who was Ring of Honor champ earlier this year. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't pay that man until <laughs> pay that man his money. I wouldldn't pay him until they find out uh, get a definitive answer on his back. Well, I, I, again, we don't know. So yeah. if they're willing to try and just get him out of the indies and away from All Elite and Ring of Honor, that's their money. <laughs> uh, speaking of, of, of the being the elite, Marty Skrull defeated Christopher Daniels. And this the stipulation here was that a Skrull won, he got a title shot at Jay Lethal. Uh, so naturally, he did win as we predicted that he would. But here's the question. Is Marty Skrull staying with Ring of Honor, or is he going to leave along with the Young Bucks and uh, SCU and, and Chris Daniels and, and you know all those guys? Is he going to leave with them to join All Elite Wrestling? Like, What's the deal with Skrull? Like, they're obviously giving him some more love from Ring of Honor right now. They've, uh, they're, they're giving him this title opportunity here. Uh, as you may have seen if you watched this pay-per-view, he was wearing his trunks said Villain Enterprises. And mm. uh, a quick spoiler for the TV tapings on the next night, Villain Enterprises refers to the new stable that he's forming with Brody King and PCO. Yeah. So Marty Skrull has mm. definitely got some reasons to stay in, in Ring of Honor. They're, they're, they're giving him some stuff to work with there. I think we said last week or the week before, he's the next. He's probably the next champion. He's going to get a title reign. It's time. I, I think he it. should be. I, it's, he's definitely earned it with what he's done in Ring of Honor. But the Christopher Daniels looks to be done with Ring of Honor. They, I think they left their options open with him. Uh, he left here. They were throwing streamers for him and saying, thank you, Christopher Daniels. But then he took a low blow from Bully Ray on the way out of the ring. So... They could he could go and be part of uh, of all elite or he could stick around. It's a wait and see thing. They definitely left their, themselves open for both of those things. I think it all could also be worked out for both. I mean, he could stick around, have his title reign. Whenever that finishes up, go join the the, the elite. You know, yep, it's, totally. Uh, the next match, as I said, Bully Ray was out in the ring hitting Chris Daniels in the nuts. Uh, of course was, he was. Of course he was. But then he had an I quit match with Flip Gordon. And it was insane. EC Dub, EC Dub, It was it. It felt like an old ECW match. This is the closest thing I felt <laughs> to an actual ECW match since ECW. And that's not just because at the end the lights went out and the freaking Sandman showed up. The freaking Sandman showed up, chugged beer, hit Bully Ray with a kendo stick. Flip Gordon ends up tapping him out or making him say, "I quit." Good lord! And there was just uh, interferences all over the place, and it just 
crazy crap. This was a this was one of the best, most entertaining things in wrestling I've seen in a really long time. I thoroughly enjoyed this. This Dude, it was is so my wrestling right here. Yeah, that match exactly. It was it was it was good good stuff. Also good was the Ring of Honor heavyweight title match between Jay Lethal and Cody Rhodes. Uh, Jay Lethal does pin Cody Rhodes pretty clean. So I, I, the question is, does it does it legitimize uh, Jay Lethal to go over a guy who we know is leaving the company? You know what I mean? Like, I guess on one hand it kind of does, but at the same time, you know, beat Cody when he's not going anywhere, and then it makes you more of a legitimate champ. Like, the, people have issues with Jay Lethal being the champ, and I'm not I'm one not of them. I'm not mad at it because Marty's mad at him right either. around the corner. It, it is uh, what it is. Well, again, like, I'm not, I'm not mad at Jay Lethal. I love him as a character and as a worker, but uh, at the same time, I, I understand why some people think that he's uh, not a weak champ, but a fallible champ. Like, he's not, he's not, what yeah. you, he's not the guy who you want being the face of your company. No, so, no, not not really. But, but I, well, like I, I said, I, I Marty's can, next. I can see both it's sides of it. Transitional. <laughs> he's been from one elite to the next. He's been transitional for a long time. Uh, finally, there was the three-way tag team ladder match for the tag team championships. The Briscoes beat the Young Bucks and SCU. Again, not terribly surprising, seeing as the Young Bucks and SCU had a farewell speech after this match saying goodbye to Ring of Honor. They were there for the TV tapings the next, next night, but they're all off to do whatever's next and they were kind of teasing it a little bit with uh, Nick Jackson making reference to all elite and uh, with uh, a couple of of little winking nods to something big coming up in the early part of next year well that does it for the cards this week guys let's head over and do some listener questions real quick uh, we are running a little bit long here so let's do these real quick Ian Knock Will James uh, asked us where are the best fits for all of the incoming NXT talent in terms of shows and with whom besides Dolph Ziggler should they feud? <laughs> yes, well said, Will. Well yep, said. Yep. Uh, go ahead. I, I have my thoughts for sure, but uh, you go for it. Um, again, I think a lot of them are kind of coin flips. Lars Sullivan, I think, would be better on SmackDown because it's a smaller roster, and he would look more like a monster next to everybody, uh, and he could just run rampant over there. I think there'd be a lot more for him do, to, to do. Uh, so I, I would see Lars ending up on SmackDown. Nikki Cross, SmackDown, because that's where Sanity is. And I would not want her to not be with, with Sanity. I, like, I, wanted, I want that relationship Agreed. to be there. Uh, Lacey Evans, I think, would do well on Monday Night Raw. With uh, Alexa Bliss, maybe not ever coming back. You know, I don't, I don't know if she'll ever come back. Uh, she would be a good replacement for her. And I think we already have a statuesque blonde on SmackDown in Charlotte. So I, I see Lacey Evans going to Monday Night Raw. Heavy machinery, that's a real toss-up for me. I, I personally think they would they would be better on Raw right now because Raw needs stars. They've killed all their stars on Raw. So having guys that are ready-made stars, you can just set right out the gate, uh, especially working with a lot of other like recently NXT guys, would be good for them over on Raw. And then yep. EC, EC3... I'm not to be honest, I'm not excited about him coming to the main roster because I think he's going to drag down people, but it depends if he's a heel or a face, to be honest with you. I think a heel EC3 would go well on uh, Raw and a face EC3 would go well on SmackDown. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to say. Uh, yeah, EC3 coin flip. Heavy Machinery absolutely has to go to Monday Night Raw, in my opinion. The tag division on SmackDown Live is stacked, and there's already great teams that are underused over there. Lacey Evans, I completely agree with you. Nikki Cross has to be with Sanity. I agree with you. So, yeah, it's... So you agree it, with me? <laughs> pretty much pretty all right much. cool all right uh, and we've been talking about most of those folks coming up and up for a long time agreed and and here we are they're coming up yeah because they listen right they, absolutely 
Next question, Dominic Jacques asked, what kind of impact do you think Mustafa Ali is going to have on the main roster? They definitely have high interest in him to put him in the main feud right off the bat. I I mostly agree with that. I think the the idea is instead of warming them up, you know, like you would a big heavyweight, you need them to come in and make an impact right away. And the best way to do that is put somebody put them next to AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I, I, and that's I what we're seeing. Felt I got vibes of one, two, three kid here beating uh, beating Razor Ramon. You know what I mean? It's it's a it was definitely a watershed moment. Not quite as epic as that was because that was completely unexpected. But it's definitely we get that same feel from this guy where he's he comes across as being young and energetic and earnest. And uh, I could see him going into a feud with someone who's just really really evil like Samoa Joe or Randy Orton and having some good stuff to do there. Um, yeah. I'm also worried about him falling through Shinsuke the Shinsuke Nakamura cracks. would be really good, you know, for him. Oh my God, him and Nakamura would be a lot of fun. Absolutely, it could it could be good for both of those guys. So yeah, no, I I, I think that I, I. But the question is, 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 are they going to be inspired by him to keep him in a bigger feud? Are they going to put him in feuds above certain people? Uh, because they're mm. because they are pretty stacked over on SmackDown. They got a lot of people that aren't working a lot. Ty Dillinger comes to mind. So they are, but the U.S. title picture is pretty small. Yeah, Ty Ty's a good example. Put. You know, put Mustafa right next to Shinsuke and, you know, that kind of mid-card circle around a title. Beautiful. Or just have, have, him, great place have him, him and Almas feud for the next three months, and I'm happy. Oh. Boom. Done. Boom. Stop it. That, that would be good. <laughs> that would be really good for both of them, I think. That actually. Last but certainly not uh, not least, Rule Sharon's asked, Hey, guys, keep up the good work and happy holidays to you. Hey, happy holidays to all of our listeners. Indeed. Really appreciate you guys tuning in, and especially to you, Thank you, Rule. Mr. Sharon. And, and happy holidays. Appreciate everybody. the patronage. In, agreed. And, uh, and all of your activity in the group and all of your, your attaboys that you give us all the time. His question is, do you believe in the changes WWE is promising? <laughs> in case we didn't cover that I enough. Think we, I uh, will there really be a new wind or will we get some crap like in 2018 after WrestleMania is done? Mm. Do you want to put, the, we put the, final, the final say on this right now? Uh, uh, should, we, should we stick with skeptically, I, skeptically optimistic? As always, skeptically optimistic. Skeptically optimistic. Uh, there, there's reasons to be optimistic with all of the new talent yes. coming in. There's reasons to be optimistic because we are entering the best time of the year of wrestling, and that's the you know first quarter calendar year. Every year leading the road to WrestleMania is always the best, even though there's a couple of shit pay-per-views that always happen in between it, in between Rumble and, and Mania. But with the new talent arriving, the way that things are stacking up now – the rise of Becky Lynch over the last six months, that all things are pointing to good things if they can start writing some good booking and some good storyline. They, they have a lot of potential. They've had a lot of potential for a long time. And there's, this, is the, this is the thing. They're not at a loss for talent. They have all the talent right there. It's just a matter of how they utilize them. And, and to your question, will, they, will there be a new wind? Will we get the same crap? I don't think we'll get the exact same crap. I, th- I think that this sounds like a serious commitment for them to try things that are new and different. Um, whether or not they will be successful at that, whether or not it will be experimentation and some things will fail spectacularly, uh, I, would, I would be down with them failing spectacularly if they at least shoot the moon on these things. You know what I mean? As long as I feel like they're giving the effort to try new things, I'm I'm interested. But as Well, let's let's also look back at 2018. We spent the bulk of 2018 upset at Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. And it was so distracting 
to that we really didn't have time to enjoy a lot of the good things that were going on in WWE. Those two things, get the title off of Rocket Rumble, it's going to happen, it, I promise. But Those two things out of the way, there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic and some nice, shiny, bright things to play with now. Yeah, so... I, I I think there's a very good chance it could be something new, and and you make a very good point. There's no more Roman, no more, and and Brock will hopefully be going to, to away soon, you know. So we'll see. That would that that will be a big sea change right there. First of all, I want to say thank you again to all the listeners for your listener questions every single week. We love answering those. And if you guys want to get involved, head over to Patreon.com/slash/BWO. Sign up for that five dollar tier or more, and you can we'll put up a, a post there on Patreon. You can ask your questions every single week. Ian, we got some uh, quick lightning round news to go. Beep, 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 beep. Take it away. Let me knock this out. First things first, there's going to be another Jericho cruise. Chris Jericho announced he's going to do another rock and wrestling cruise. So if you missed the first one, you'll have the chance to go to another one. Yay. More details. I actually looked that up. It was like 1,500 bucks, and I almost thought about going, but I don't know. (laughs) Nice to know you have 1,500 bucks to spare. Uh, there's also uh, some more, right? Exactly. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. You had to move. Uh, now we'll see some awesome news coming out of ring of honor. Mark Haskins signed with ring of honor as well as bandito. Uh, Mark Haskins. If you don't know, uh, you might know him from uh, progress or defiant wrestling in the UK. Uh, he was also worked some Canada dates. Uh, he's worked PWG before. I remember him from him from the 2017 battle of Los Angeles. Um, so he's going to ring of honor. Also bandito who we've seen a lot of in PWG down here is also going to ring of honor. Apparently both WWE and all elite wrestling, uh, floated some numbers at bandito ring of honor. were just the ones that paid him the most for the best dates. That dude is freaking amazing. Just wait till he's in ring of honor. If you haven't seen him already and you're going to have your mind blown, especially because rush is now in ring of honor as well. And if you have, if I, the idea of a match between rush and, and bandito makes all of my pieces tingle let's put it that way <laughs> yes uh also there's another news in uh evolve is has some news coming out uh johnny gargano is coming back for two shows and he'll be facing austin theory at evolve 120 gargano used to be the face of evolve so it's kind of a big homecoming deal for him and for them very cool should be really cool to see how the audience reaction is i'm curious to see if it's going to be johnny badass or Johnny Wrestling that shows up at Evolve when that happens in January. Speaking of January, there's a Fight Club Pro event happening at Krakowin Hall on January 17th that Akira Tozawa will be showing up at. And uh, he gets okay. he's getting loaned to Fight Club Pro because WWE originally had allowed some of their uh, NXT UK stars to work this show, including Travis Banks and a few others. But they had to pull out because contractually, they're not allowed to work an indie date within a week of WWE tapings. And because they had a taping within a week of that show, they were forced to pull out. And WWE, as a mea culpa or an apology, said, yeah, you can have Akira Tozawa. He's worked with you guys before, and he's really freaking good. Uh, And then finally, not a whole lot of extra news this week because we spent so much time early in the show on uh, bitching about Vince and his shaking things up. Finally, if you guys have not watched the road to Tokyo Dome on New Japan, stop what you're doing, drop everything, and go watch the tag match between Hiroshi Tanahashi and Will Ospreay versus the Golden Lovers. Dear sweet Lord, how are they going to top this at Wrestle Kingdom? That match, that match, 
absolutely fried my brain. So good. I haven't even seen that yet. That's one that I... When, was that this past weekend? Uh, it was on the 12th, about a week ago. Yeah, okay. Or 13th? That's, I'm behind one. Yeah, I, I need to go watch that one for sure. Might be wrong on that date. Let me... Uh, anyway, go check it out. It was on the road. You'll see it. It's on, it's on the marquee if you go to New Japan World... Uh, was it New Japan 1972 World.com, whatever it is. Um, NJPWworld.com or something like that. There it is. Thank you, Nick. Yay. Yay. Or just get it on the... What a week! Get it on the Fire TV stick. Go watch... Hey, Nick, when you were down the show, I got to go to work. You go watch that. Go watch that on before you go to bed. I'm going to go edit a show and go to bed. Uh, (laughs) You East Coasters in your East Coast times. Yeah, I'm on the East Coast now, guys. I have like a quote-unquote real job what a, what a weird week this was and and next Man. week's gonna be weird too as we know from because of the uh because it's got everything was taped it's just that time of, it's just we that don't time know of anything yet don't spoil anything i mean not that we know anything <clears throat> excuse me but find join us next thursday we will be having a show next thursday and find out if there was any changes that happened next week that we don't know about that, that there could have been stuff that they put into the show that we don't know from the live audience that uh, hint at more changes to come. They could give us some more definitive stuff. Come find out if that happens when we have our regular show next Thursday and every Thursday thereafter. Yes. Uh, I'd like to welcome all of the new guys into the Facebook discussion group. Lots of people joining up. You should, too. Head over to Facebook.com. Search for Busted Wide Open. Send us a join request, and we will get you in for all of the weekly discussions on all of the WWE shows and some group chats uh, exclusive to the Facebook group during pay-per-views from this point forward. We did one for TLC, and it was a lot of fun. Definitely get in and chat with us live during the shows. Uh, also, follow us on Twitter at BWO Podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash C slash Busted Wide Open. Be sure to hit that notification bell so you get alerted anytime we put up new content. And last but certainly not least, we love our patrons. You guys are the heart and soul of this show. Please, thank. I just want to say thank you for all of your contributions. If you'd like to get in on some of those rewards, head over to patreon.com slash BWO and sign up for one of those awesome tiers. Are you saying our patrons are the ne- Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander? of the show i'm just curious uh, uh the heart and soul this blue heart and blue, soul the heart and soul oh, of the show oh, god what oh god what? okay i'm nick howell you can find me on twitter at data center dude and i am sir ian dangerous you can find me on twitter at sir ian dangerous but by god Will somebody stop the damn match this show is part of the orbital jigsaw network for more episodes subscribe to us on itunes Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.